Tonight on the Hollow Chronicles podcast, we've got an awesome interview lined up. It's a guy who loves Star Wars, loves hot toys and uh, replica, prop replicas, wears flat build hats, has one of the best beards going. I think he's a he's secretly the third Holocronicle host here. Josh, hit it. The third Holocronicle host? Is that what you're saying, Andy? I, I mean, is this an interview? I feel like we're interviewing ourselves tonight <laughs> a little bit, except he's way cooler than us. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Holocronicles podcast. Once again, welcome to those in the chat and those catching up on the rewind. Josh, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay, Andy. I'm doing okay. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, too. We're in uh, separate locations tonight. Uh, due to some logistics, but uh, very excited to bring on uh, tonight's guest. Now, Josh, will you allow me to do a formal introduction now? I will allow it since you had to, we had to do the whole, you know, we're, we're interviewing right now. But right. We're putting our professional hats on right yes, now. Yes, right? okay. let's give it a try. All right. Tonight's guest is none other than uh, Paul Sunhung Lee. Paul is won the Canadian Screen Award for Best Actor in a Comedy Series uh, for his role as Mr. Kim in Kim's Convenience. Star Wars fans will know him as Captain Carson Teva from The Mandalorian. He's been in a few episodes. Um, and Paul is set to play Uncle Iroh in the Netflix live-action version of Avatar The Last Airbender. Paul is also a massive toy and collectibles collector, has his own YouTube channel, and uh, and one to which I have been a subscriber of uh, since probably about this summer. And the guy just seems like a really down to earth, awesome, like relatable guy who gets to do gets to have the awesomest job ever, right? Like so, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, Paul. children out there cover your ears Paul! <laughs> oh my god you guys that's fantastic <laughs> holy crap what a what a great intro well josh gets all the credit for that one that was his baby welcome everybody Bravo. Thank you so much. Oh, my. That's the first time I've ever seen an opening sting like that. And I got to say, Andy, you, you crushed that introduction. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here. Wow. We're so well, happy to uh, have you, Paul. Man, yeah. this, is, this is fun. I got like little goosey bumps <laughs> since you came on. I was acting all cool in the in the green room, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Paul, you're currently uh, on the West Coast um in canada there so that's actually just a few hours north of us okay um we're uh we're about an hour north of portland oregon right now 
And uh, so, like, you know, if you want to hang, let's, let's come on down. Once they open up those borders, they just <laughs> might join you. We'll see you in 2024. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, so, Paul, uh, obviously, as Star Wars fans, Josh and I, big time Star Wars fans, love, absolutely love the Mandalorian. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen a little bit of Kim's convenience. Josh has, I think, seen a bit more because uh, he and his wife got into it for a big um, show in my house. Yeah. And, loved and, it. Cool. and so we're not only fans of you, but we're fans of what you're getting to do. Um, the fact that you get uh, you have gotten to be on The Mandalorian, like, is incredible. Like, it would be the best job working with who you got to work with. Yeah getting yeah. to do what you got to do with like um what what was the best part of being on mandalorian oh man there there, there is no real best part i mean it's all great <laughs> it's all great I, I mean i keep saying I, I i was like cinderella at the ball you know uh growing up in canada asian kid a uh, big fan of star wars and you know you fall in love with the galaxy far far away and, uh, you know, it's in a, it, you know, making the, making those movies is, is like, it's, it's as alien as you can get. If you're a kid, a child of immigrant parents, especially Asian immigrant parents who are like, you're not going to act, you're not going to be in the arts. You're going to be, you know, my parents always said I could be five things, right? Four things, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a failure. And I got to choose, <laughs> right? So being an actor was never, ever on my radar. Right. Um, and so, you know, all that combined with the fact that it's an American production, they often filmed in the UK and they were finished filming all the Star Wars movies. The chances of me ever being in anything Star Wars related, unless I worked at Disney Parks as one of those character actors, was zero. <laughs> and, you know, and then the prequel trilogy came out and I was like, oh, my God, they do the prequels. And again, you know, no, no chance of me getting in on those. Uh, and then the sequel trilogy, trilogies came out. And again, no chance of me getting on those, although I'm incrementally closer because I've become an actor during that time. And then, you know, this this little show called The Mandalorian, I hear they're making it. And um, it just out of pure, sheer, blind ass luck. Uh, one of my friends from 25, 26 years ago, who I met in Toronto, who I worked with in Toronto, uh, is a director on the show and her name's Deborah Chow. Mm, and uh, ah. yeah, that, that's my connection. Everybody Not a keeps bad asking. connection, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> but I solid. mean, I hadn't seen her Name in 26 dropper. years, right? Wow. Like I was in LA for the first time ever. We were doing the Unforgettable Gala. It's uh, a celebration of uh, Asian artists in the media uh, in North America. And I got invited down there uh, because of my work on Kim's Convenience. And um, while I was there, this woman jumps in front of me. And this is December 2018. Woman jumps in front of me and it's Deb. And she says, hey, do you remember me? I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, of course. I remember you, Deb. What are you doing? And it turns out, you know, she's working on Star Wars. And she said, uh, I've been trying to get in touch with you because Dave Filoni, who is one of these executive producers on the show, and one of the writers, uh, he's a fan of Kim's Convenience and he wants to write something for you. Hey, what do you do? Amazing. Yeah, what do you do, right? Like okay. GTFO, get out, right? Like the world goes black all of a sudden. And then it just suddenly, you realize all these different connections that happen because I, I told Deb, you know, I'm a cosplayer. You know, you do realize I've got like eight different Star Wars cosplays at home. And she's like, no way. So she asked me to send her those pictures. I send them to her. She sends them to Dave that night. 
uh, on the spot. And he texts back saying, well, he just wears costumes to work type thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that led to a set visit. So I got to visit the set a few weeks later and watch them work on uh, season one of Mandalorian. And then, you know, six months later, my agent gets a call from Lucasfilm saying, hey, they want to know your availability. And uh, yeah, a few months after that, I'm in Los Angeles shooting season two of The Mandalorian and just losing my mind. So um, so were you in the episodes that Deborah directed or other other episodes? No, other episodes. So okay. I'd never worked in the U.S. before. Uh, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian based. I live in Toronto. All of my work has either been in Toronto. I've done a gig in Montreal. I've done gigs out east in the East Coast. And I've done gigs in Vancouver, but never in the States. And this was my first ever work in the United States. And uh, it, it was trippy because it had to go really fast. Like um, Disney got me my, my work visa to work down there uh, across the border. I'm working in, in Los Angeles for the first time ever. And the director of the first ever episode, that first ever bit, it's Carl Weathers. He's oh, directing wow. me, right? Like, oh, my God, Hollywood royalty right there. This mm-hmm. is an action icon. I grew up watching from you know apollo creed to uh you know his character in in um in predator obviously and in happy gilmore and so like you see him and and his work in in arrested development like this is a man who is just he he's in every genre he can do comedy he can do drama he can do action everything and here he is directing me uh in star wars uh so that was just so mind-blowing and i think i must have cried uh, several times I cried during my wardrobe fitting. I cried. Like, it was just like, how could you not? Right. Like, I'm so proud of you for that. A, yeah. I mean, just, thank uh, you. Who's, who's to say we wouldn't have been, been in the same boat. Like when you walk into the volume, was it just so like overwhelming? You just yeah. like a tear yeah. falls it, from a single tear, you know, it, it, it's like you're, we're living in the future. Like when you see, like I saw it, uh, during my set visit, um, back in 2018, 2019, beginning of 2019, no, 2018. And um, it was just mind blowing because they had, this was a virtual set, basically. Mm -hmm. They had, uh, it was that scene uh, and it was the episode that uh, that Dave was directing. um, And it was a scene where he's on Tatooine. He's in, he's in the spaceport, basically the Mandalorians landed his ship and they're in Pelimoto's docking bay. Right. And he, and they have, and it was a scene that I saw where it was the reveal of the child of Grogu for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I saw the puppets and I'm oh. standing there watching them. What the hell is that? Like, are you, are you shitting me? Are you kidding? <laughs> and, and no, you're fine, like, Paul. Yeah. Okay. And Dave's like, you know, don't tell anybody. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to ruin this for anybody. Are you that's shitting so, me? That's it so was funny amazing. that he's like so casual. Like, hey, by the like, way, yeah, top secret. Like, yeah, I bet that NDA was not as casual. Oh my god, I, I didn't have to. Well, that's the thing. You didn't. I didn't. I don't remember signing an NDA. To be honest, wow. I, I don't remember signing one. But it's like you're looking at a true life. fan right here. Yeah. You didn't sign an NDA. Yeah. You well, had gold, not gold, platinum in your yeah. pocket. That's amazing. Well, well he wants thing, to come back. Yeah. Well, that I, sure. I definitely that's part of it. But another part is, I mean, I've like Deborah's a friend of mine. Sure. I just met Dave. Like, really, is the first impression I want to give them is like I, I can't keep my mouth <laughs> you're shut. Sell, you're selling it on Twitter, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, <laughs> but e- even more more to the point is, I didn't want to rob anybody of the same reaction I had sure. when I saw that. Right? This Amen. is 
you you want to share that that joy. I don't I don't want to be this the guy that ruins it for people and goes, oh, and by the way, this is going to totally ruin it for you. But I get to be the one to say I saw it first. I, I that's crap. I think yeah. that's absolute crap. And people yeah. who do that on purpose, they got to make better choices, basically. Sure. But um, it, it's just. I honestly, and that was the hardest thing to sit on because, you know, my kids knew I was going to go shoot Mandalorian. My wife knew I was going, um, but I didn't tell them anything about yeah. seeing baby Yoda. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, I watched, I, I wanted to see the looks on their faces. Sure, when they, sure. And I was just, it was great. That was a hard, that was harder than anything else uh, is not talking about baby Yoda. Um, so, so Paul was, was the, was the character that you played that was created by Filoni for you? No, that he wasn't. Uh, okay. I don't know which what he what he ended up writing. Uh, I remember meeting with uh, Deb afterwards. It was during the Toronto Film Festival, um, I guess in twenty that would have been twenty nineteen at that point, and it's September. And she was like, "I keep telling him, Dave, no bigger, bigger, bigger. It's like he he needs more." And um, you know anybody who's who's been in the industry, like, you know, like everybody's always got the best of intentions. Like, Oh, you know, I'm writing something for you mm-hmm. and I get it. And I'm flattered that you're, you're even being thought of, but at the end of the day, it's a business and you understand that sometimes the best laid plans, they just don't work out. Sure. There's nothing personal about it, but it, it just, it just sort of happens. Uh, I found out later on that the role actually, uh, they wanted Kevin Bacon to play initially. Ah, interesting. Really? Yeah, and uh, he said no. You're you're part of the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon at this point. Yeah, six degrees, right? (laughs) So, and it was just like, yeah, no. So they and and funny enough, it was actually Favreau who suggested me because from what I the way I heard it, they were looking for a replacement. And John, who I'd met just really briefly uh, when I did my set visit um, beforehand, he was like, "Well, what about Dave's friend, Paul? Like, he's an actor, right?" And I'm like, oh my god! Like to hear it that way is just uh, whoa, Dave's friend. <laughs> yeah, it's Dave's friend. But it, 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 it's funny because it's kind of like a two. It, it's this weird sort of on on one hand, yeah, it's super cool. It's like Dave Filoni's friend. Yeah, I'm, He's I'm t-shirt. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, considered one of his friends, right? <laughs> um, but then on the other hand, uh, and I'll tell you the story. When I so I show up, uh, I'm going to be shooting my first ever, you know, scene. Uh, in in Los Angeles, I'm in Star Wars. Carl Weathers is directing me. I'm in costume. It's lunchtime. And, you know, the crew, everybody's getting to lunch and it's outdoors because it's beautiful out. And uh, I get my tray of food and I see Carl Weathers sitting there by himself at this table. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go over. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have lunch with the man because uh, he's my director. We're in the same scene <laughs> together. Yeah, I'm feeling it. So I come up to him. I roll on up and I'm feeling all confident. I say, excuse me, do you mind if I join you? And he looks up and I'm like, oh, and he's, he's just piercing eyes like the man uh-huh. has charisma and presence. Like it's electric. Right. And I'm like, oh, OK. And he's looking at me. He's chewing his food and he kicks with his leg the chair out that's you know across from him but in front of me he kicks it out for me to sit down on and I'm like oh that's such a baller move he's that and cool like, in real life yeah, yeah i'm like oh this is i'm like this is gonna be so fucking sweet and i go to sit down and just as i just as i start my downward trajectory he says just as long as you don't expect a conversation oh and i'm like oh 
I'm committed. I got to sit down. I got to yeah. sit down. Like, yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. I'm not going to yak his ear off. And I made up in my mind that I'm not going to say anything else to him. Just going to smile, chew my food, keep my mouth closed. And that's it. And then I'm going to leave uh, and shit my pants later on. <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're, we're eating and he's, he's looking at me, staring at me. And I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? Like I've disturbed him because he's directing this episode and he's got a million things he needs to focus on. And I roll up on him like some happy-go-lucky idiot, uh, as naive as, as, as a moron, and I ask to sit with him. So he's staring at me. I'm like, oh, bad choice. I made a bad choice. And he says, where are you from? And I'm like, uh, I, well, I'm from Canada. I'm Canadian from, well, my parents are Korean. So I just can't, Korean Canadian. And he says, no, no, no. Yeah. He says, where are your, where are your people from? I said, oh, uh, I'm from Korea. My parents are Korean. He says, oh, you remind me of a friend of mine. You ever hear of Pat Morita? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I'm like honored. He says, you have kind eyes. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's really nice. And, uh, we're eating. And then he says, and this is the whole point of my story. He finally goes, so we're working together. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're in that scene. He's like, oh, yeah. He looks at me. So, so you're Dave's friend. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah. 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 You're the guy yeah. who got the free job. Yeah. He's yeah. like, so, yeah. Who, yeah. No, I said, he said, so whose friend are you? That's what it was. So whose friend are you? And he's like, oh, it's Dave. Dave. He's like, uh huh. Uh, and I realized, yeah, because he didn't cast me. Ah, usually yeah. the directors will cast an episode. Sure. I didn't have to audition for this. They offered me the part. I took it because how are you not going to take it? I had no idea what the part was going to be. Uh, right. Everything was code names. I had, I honestly thought I was going to be under like 16 pounds of latex. Um, <laughs> and so I was super that's happy. Horatio Sands, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing. Cause like when I was there, Horatio was there too. Oh man. And, I couldn't tell who it was, but somebody's called him Horatio. And I went, okay, how many guys are named <laughs> yeah. Horatio yeah. that are going to be, you know, have a featured part? So I was like, and then I heard him over the phone. He's talking about, he was trying to get his friend to pick up uh, a prescription for him at the drugstore. And he was calling the drugstore to say, let him pick it up. My name is Horatio Sands, S-A-N, you know, so it was just yeah. like, okay, <laughs> yeah. it's him. Detective work. Detective. Yeah. You know, may, maybe maybe if he had kinder eyes, he wouldn't have to be under the makeup. You know? <laughs> so it, it was, yeah, anyways, but it was, it was, it was interesting because that was my first ever brush with the whole idea of, you know, not everybody who's on set has to had had to audition for it mm. and so like i was kind of looked at it as like oh you were you were the friend oh i see i see like does your friend owe you like do you owe your friend this or that like that part of nepotism that i wasn't really uh i had never even sort of equated my presence being linked to and it was one of these things for me it's like well whoa whoa, whoa. i i it's not like i'm i'm like a community theater actor with zero professional experience sure. or this or that like I've, I've done my time like i've been a professional actor i mean in canada for 25 years but i've won some serious hardware up here i mean you, you mentioned the csa the canadian screen award that's our version of the emmys and yep. i've won it three times for best for best actor in a comedy right so like i've got craft but nobody in la knew and more to the point nobody cared because <laughs> i hadn't done anything in the states right so it's yeah. just like it's like being in the minors and you could you could have hit like you know 25 home runs in the minor leagues that's the minor leagues and when you get into the big leagues and that's that's what Hollywood is. This is the bigs. You know, it's like a show me. 
it's it, it is it really is one of those things. So I was I was nervous AF going up there just because uh, I had a lot to prove. And uh, don't you find that, don't you find that ironic that you had a lot to prove? I mean, you work your ass off. I mean, no, I'm not trying to, you, you said it yourself. I mean, you're from Canada. It's not the big leagues. It's not, it's not the minor leagues, but it's not the big leagues, you know? And, and and now you're defending yourself because you're Dave's friend and you're like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I don't even know his middle name or initial, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But it it really is one of those things where, because he didn't know my work. And yeah. his job as a director is to to make the best story he can. And the best way to do that is to have the best available tools. Yep. And I, I don't blame him because I was an unknown quantity. Um, you know, John uh, casting me as well, like taking that leap to cast me. He's taking the word of, of Dave. Like Dave has seen my work on, on Kim's Convenience. And so he knows my work. Deb knows my work. And I know John probably went through and watched a few, few reels of mine or, or what are some of my work. But all my work on Kim's, oddly enough, it's done with an accent, right? Like Appa, the character I played, he doesn't speak, he speaks accented uh, English. And there's a weird sort of, I think, a stigma when people put on, like not put on, but use an accent in their their roles, especially if it's not British. If it's a British accent, then, oh, my God, you've got instant credibility. But if you use, uh, if you have a character that's playing an accent, using a voice that isn't that doesn't utilize perfect English, they're often thought is lesser. The status drops. Mm. And so and the knee-jerk reaction, especially to to Mr. Kim or Appa, is especially at the beginning when people didn't know who the character was, was that, oh my God, it's racist. And he's playing a caricature and that can't be real or this or that and blah, blah, blah. So it feels more like a it's a party trick. You know? And so one of my biggest fears as a performer is by reaching success, by playing a character like that, who's so different from who I am, a lot of people don't say, oh, my God, that's an incredible bit of acting. That's craft because he is completely turned into someone else. They don't see it that way. They, they, they sort of see it as um, like people are disappointed when they hear me speak in real life and go, oh, my God, he doesn't have the accent. I don't know what to do. You know, they they get freaked out and and they're kind of disappointed that I don't have an accent. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm that's my job. I'm an actor. Right. You think they hit the lottery and found a guy who didn't speak English, who could (laughs) do comedy, who could do drama, who could do all these things and carry a show on his back. No, of course I'm an actor. (laughs) Um, But there's still that stigma of, well, can he act without the accent? Well, (laughs) it's like, oh, my God. Well, let me point out two things. Let me point out two things. Let me start with the first thing. One, you have an accent because you said a boot. You said a boot. And so you have a Canadian accent. All right. So so right there, you're being judged. Okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. But number two, yes, sorry. But number two, (laughs) number two, what I found fascinating, obviously, you and I have never talked before until before the show. Yeah. Is that your appa on, on Kim's Convenience you're 20 years older than you yeah. are. It's, it's a, and, and to be honest, I, I just thought, like you said, hit the lottery. They found this actor about the right age. I don't know what age you're supposed to be in Kim's convenience, but with your oldest son, I don't know. You got to be in mid fifties, pushing 60 type yeah. of age. Yeah. I mean, Paul, you're yeah. nowhere near that, especially after I watched some YouTube. vids. <laughs> I'm like, that to me is the craft, the accent actually, I, for me, it doesn't matter you know, as much because, you know, you're playing a part that you're, you know, at least in some way connected to, right? Yeah. I mean, 
your parents probably had accents. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I'm that's saying. I mean, I don't even know how that could be, you know, misconstrued as, as, uh, you know, trying to get in by, uh, I don't know how you, you put it better than I can remember how you put it, but anyway, so, <laughs> um, so I just, that's what I found. I was absolutely floored when I watched some of your YouTubes. I'm like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's like my age, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just have, you've progressed a little better in the gray than I have, but I'm getting there. Oh, buddy. I'm getting that's, there. That's kids, man. Paul, your, your beard is, is uh, a game, you know, <laughs> Thank especially, you. especially you when you get dressed up for like an award show and that, that nice curl is tight oh, yeah, and, and yeah, it's got the yeah. dark, it's got the dark into the light. I mean, you're, yeah, thank you. It, how much <laughs> you, no, this showing it I'm like looking, yeah, oh, I was looking at it. You did kind of address this on your most recent uh, uh, stream, but what, what kind of beard products are you using oh. to get that, to get that mustache out there and to yeah. get a nice swoop? Well, on the I, jawline. What what do what are we working with? Here? Yeah, what are we gonna do here? What do Andy and I need to improve on? <laughs> well, first of all, it's the length. You need length to be able to work and shape it. Damn it! So <laughs> it, it's just that that horrible, painful period of the in between, right? Because you guys know what it's like. Yep. It's either you got to keep it nice and tight and trimmed, or yep. you got to get it long. You got to get length for it to be able to shape it. And it's that it's those weeks in between as it transitions from something really like nice and tight to something shaggy and unkempt to something a bit longer, because once it gets that length, then you can really start to have fun styling it and stuff. So I, I'm reaching that peak period right now where the length is good. where it's starting to keep shape when I do style it. Um, so I use beard oil and uh, a beard balm as well. And you kind of have to, Oh, thanks Scotty. Uh, you have to um, <laughs> kind of train your hair to yeah. start growing in a certain direction because my hair likes to curl this way as it gets longer it curves this way mm. uh and so it is really sort of every morning just keeping it so that it, it stays a little bit uh um it, it starts to learn get a memory to grow this way uh, but i'm just recently getting it to this point because before it's just all all over the place um and Can it's I funny just point out oh sorry sorry no, no. I, I just put i put more product in my beard than I use on my face or my hair. Like I have no hair, right? Except for on my <laughs> face. But it's like, I remember sitting in the makeup chair and uh, first of all, Andrew Bung, uh, my brother from another mother, he uh, he plays kimchi on the show and he's always sitting there uh, and he thought I spent hours in the chair. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, you know, to just sort of, you know, make you older. I'm like, dude, I'm like 10 minutes in the chair. They trim my beard and they put a little <laughs> bit of powder on and I'm out. It's like, what? It's like, did you, what? I, it's all acting, man. I'm like, they don't do that. He thought they made me like, they put white in my beard. It's like, no, no, this is all natural. But another time was, um, they, they always remark how the, uh, hair and makeup, they always love my skin. It's like, oh, your skin is beautiful. How, what do you do? I said, I, I, I just use soap and water and bathe regularly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Amanda Bruegel, <laughs> who bathe. plays Pastor Nina, she turns around. She's like, fuck off. I spent, <laughs> she goes, I spent over a thousand dollars on a skin regimen for all this stuff. And you just pick a soap today that you can wash my face. So for me to use any sort of beard product is a, is a lot for me, but I figure since I am follically challenged, 
uh, I'm going to go the, the extra effort with this. And I have a, uh, like a nice brush that my, my wife got me like a beard brush oh, cool. that I'll use in the morning and stuff, but you take uh, care well, of the hair that you have, and, you know, and that's the deal. And I, true, I'm with you. And there, true or false, true or false, Paul, wearing a mask really fricks up the bottom part of the beard yeah. too. You know, <laughs> yeah, you get, you get that hat hair yeah. hat head thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, they, that's they why have I had to trim it up. I had to trim it up because yeah. of that. It ticks me off. So they guys, I, here, I can, let me say this to, to all of you out there. <laughs> If you want to know how good a guy Paul is, just rewind it three minutes when Andy asked a shit question and Paul gave him a real answer. That's how good a guy he is. All right. Did you All right. hear that beautiful beard? And he's like, I'll freaking tell you how I take care of this beautiful beard. Watch this. I love yep. it, Paul. Thank you. I've learned. I've learned. <laughs> I gotta I mean, go through the growth phase. If yeah. we if we end the show right now, it's been a good evening. Oh, but let's, uh, more, we'll have to put the more you know symbol. <laughs> I love uh, it. All right, let's let's get this back on track here. Uh, so now that you have been cast to be Uncle Iroh mm -hmm. in the Avatar, um, uh, which which is why you are in Vancouver, um, uh, you're going to be able to hit all sorts of of festivals and cons as a star Wars entity right. and as an anime entity. as a God, it sounds you, like <laughs> you are going, you, your line should be full everywhere you go. Like how interested are you in, in hitting the con circuit uh -huh. now, now that you're like in two worlds as a major dude. Honestly, this is like my dream come true. Uh, <laughs> I, I go to cons. Yeah. I, I, this is, this is, that's my lifeblood. Like I would go to cons and for forever in a day, I was, my wish was always to be on the other side, to be invited to cons is to appear as a guest and, and to answer people's questions and meet with the fans. And even after the success of Kim's convenience, it was really hard initially for us to get any sort of traction at any cons uh, in Canada. And it was, it's this weird thing because they've all become fan expos now, like up here, uh, fan exposition. They're not just sci-fi or fantasy or horror centric anymore. They're not just comic book centric anymore. It really is about fandom in all its different forms. And so you'll have wrestlers and you'll have other popular TV show cast members show up now, which is yeah. great. And I think that's what it is because fandom is so much more than these little tight categories. And there's so much cross-pollination going on. I mean, why not hit everything up? Fan Expo in Vancouver, it's like two weeks from now, right? I want to be there. If it doesn't get canceled, I, I want to go. Like, I want to go. And if I don't get invited, I want to go as a fan um, because I love that. I love it. And so for me to finally get a chance to to um, get invited to these things as a guest now, it's like, yeah. oh, you're there. Oh, you're, there you're there, bro. You're there, yeah. bro. You're there. You're there. And one of the things is that I love is because I am a fan. Like, I get it. And, and I always try to treat people how I always wanted to be treated as a fan. And I think that's really served me well. I mean, people are always so, they're so polite and so lovely. And, oh, we're really sorry to bother yeah. you. It's like, honestly, it's not a bother. Like, without fans, my my popularity is nowhere. For any show, the fans make or break a show, uh, a performer, anything. And really, you need to show that respect. You need to show that, you need to honor that. And for me, it takes nothing to, to talk and say hi and to connect with people. And I actually really, really love that. Um, and that comes from as well, finding success at a much later period in my career and in my life, because uh, I know how difficult it is 
to to be on a sh- to get onto a show or to even be on a show that is that is a good show that is critically acclaimed and that fans like. So I appreciate it a lot more, and I, I always always try to treat my fans number one, um, just because they deserve it. And anybody who invests any kind of time in something that I do, I, I think I, I'm so humbled by that. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. So, well, Paul, it definitely shows. I mean, especially if you watch and and Paul, why don't you do a shout out real quick for your uh, your YouTube channel? Oh, um, go ahead, go ahead, shout it yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, I've got my own YouTube channel. It's called Bitter Asian Dude Inc. And one of the main shows it's once a week. I have it's called uh, Fun Boxing Sundays. Sunday nights at uh, seven p.m. Eastern time. That'd be three o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and what I do is. Um, I get a geeky collectible. I unbox it. I do a half-ass review, and basically we chat. And that's what it is. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, it, it is about community building as well. So I've got a, a great group of members and subscribers who join in, and we talk about anything and everything. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing it too. It's just well, that's it, it's my fun. That's yeah. my whole point is that, like, uh, you know, watching a few of your episodes. I mean. I don't know. It's just uh, what you were saying. You love your fans. You're not putting on any pretense in your show. You are, you know, and here I'm going to, I'm going to give away a little behind the scenes here. You're in a, you're in a, a, an apartment hotel while you're on set on a a location and you're still doing your streams. I mean, that was one of your top priorities was to bring gear so that you get out there. I I just love it because that, that to me is, is, is true fandom and loving your fans. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that's it. I mean, it, it's amazing because the channel started at the beginning of this pandemic, really, for just a bit of a lark. It was just for something to do. My my youngest was like, yeah, hey, do an unboxing video. you got all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you watch yeah, my yeah. first video, I shot on my iPhone at my dining room table. And, so cool. you know, my family's walking back and forth. At one point, I accidentally turned off the camera. I didn't realize it and was talking for like 10 minutes before I realized <laughs> it was off. Uh, and so it was like, oh, my God. So I had to redo it. But I had so much fun doing it. And then when people started watching it and subscribing to it, it's just it was a great challenge because I wanted to up my game and I wanted, you know, the production values to be a little bit better. I wanted the sound quality to be better mm-hmm. and the, the collectibles. And it just sort of turned into this really cool, fun community building thing. And I think for me, fandom at its finest is when we are uplifting and celebrating each other. You know, instead of gatekeeping or instead of, uh, oh, thanks, Jason. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, But it it is that's that's when we use our powers for good. I love it. It gives me goosebumps. And I love to see that camaraderie there where people are just and they're sharing information and excitement about things and and welcoming new fans, because that's what it should be about. Like it's getting more as many people interested in the same shit that you love. As yep. possible, instead of like guarding it like a dog with a bone saying, no, back off. I got this first. Only I can know about this. It's just I don't understand that that sort of sentiment. And it, there is a lot of that out there in fandom. It's a lot of gatekeeping. Like You couldn't possibly be a fan. I was an OG fan back in the day when it wasn't. Popular, <laughs> and it's just like that trope yeah. is funny. You know, on The yes. Simpsons is a comic book guy. But in real life, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite sad. Um, and you have way more fun when you can share that joy with other people and share that knowledge and, and help people get their grails or their collectibles or, or talk about pre-orders and helping each other out. I mean, I think 100%. that's the best part of toy collecting, of fandom, of all that. It's just like, Hey, you know, life is short. Like you, you don't, don't spend your energy getting mad at people or, or trying to expend energy hiding something. It's like, 
Oh, Paul, you're speaking our language, buddy. Yeah, yeah 100%. You know, I, I did just think of maybe a drawback going to these cons now as you instead of as a fan. <laughs> it's going to be weird going to get your autograph when you're in a full uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters outfit and uh, and then getting in line with me to go see somebody else, you know? Yeah, I so. I don't mind. I, I, I literally has, thought you said you were going to go to a comic con as Paul. So that's it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to work on the beard, but you know, like, give me some time. Uh, uh, you yeah. know what's going to happen, Paul? You know what's going to happen. Are has it happened yet? Yeah, has it happened yet? Okay. Yeah, good. I've actually. It, it's and it's like, oh my god, it's it's so, so flattering, cool. man. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And thank you, Jeff, for subscribing to my channel. Hey, there's uh, a lot of subs, by the way, in the chat, and we want to thank the chat oh. for joining us. A lot of guys saying nice stuff. We're trying to keep it focused on you, Paul, but I'm I'm trying to throw up a couple, like a lot of nice stuff going on in there. And uh, thanks, everybody. That's yeah, really cool. Thank you. This, I think this would actually be a great little segue in, um, you know, Captain Carson Teva doesn't have his own figure yet. Yet. Yes. Yet. <laughs> Here we go. But Here we go. There have, there have been some, uh, some fan-made uh versions yeah. have you seen any do you have any do you do you uh, have any yes. customs of you yes and they've all been gifted to me which has been uh so mind-blowing um i've gotten some from i've gotten three three different figures two from a fan named Corey halsey uh and they were, those are great like that was the first ones that i got and they were the uh, 3.75 inch figs uh he had uh, custom done a head and put it on jack Port- porkin's body uh, and then uh, put beautiful boxes, uh, cards on them, which is great. And the other one is from my buddy Jason Lowe, who uh, did a six-point, uh, sorry, like a six-inch fig uh, okay. on it, which was fantastic as well. And he he done the custom um, uh, sort of paint job on it as well. And the helmet, he he done a, a custom paint job on the helmet. And uh, uh, there is uh, somebody. So I followed. There's another channel called Justin's Collection. And Justin has a, a friend who does uh, sculpts for uh, one six scale, and okay. so they're working on a rendering for one six scale Carson Teva uh, for the last I think six months now, and so I think it, we're getting close to to seeing uh, seeing it. So that's, okay. that's oh, you're too good a guy. Cool. You're getting a figure. You're gonna get well, a figure. It's gonna <laughs> happen, buddy. I've got I've got wait. three uh, examples that I pulled up online of. Right. Of, uh, customs here and i want you to there's a lego a funko and a 3.75 so okay I want you to tell me i want you to rank them which you like <laughs> best here okay here we go here's the first one <laughs> <laughs> so angry yeah so angry. He, looks, he looks like a bitter asian dude yeah uh, he's got more of a goatee not the full beard right yeah, we need right. more beard th- on that i think yeah. that's what sort of threw me off Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the next one. Oh yeah, I have that one. I have that one actually. Okay. Yes. Okay. That was said. That that's um, Kathy sent it. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's a great one. I have that one at home actually. That's, that's cool. Great. Um, and then the third. And that's one. the one from Jason Lowe. Okay. That's perfect. so cool. Yeah. That's that, one from that one's excellent. Yeah. Can you guys so, hold on a second? Yeah, you got to give me a yeah, second here. Fine, I got to go grab something. Hold on a second. Just, I just, just fine, buddy. Oh, Paul, go ahead, buddy. Well, this is freaking sweet, man. It's a great way. Reason Paul's awesome. Hey, guys. It's Josh. <laughs> uh, and, and chat, I know you guys, you guys are doing the Lord's work in there, chatting with each other and 
yeah. putting questions up and and we've got some patron questions that we're going to get to here pretty soon um and then we've we've got a spinner and then we've got some of the best uh comments on what this vader cologne might actually <laughs> smell like <laughs> i know exactly what it smells like yeah you do and you're all wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's too but, good yeah no thank you guys for showing up here this is this is like i said yeah this is where we get to pay attention to these guys uh i'll tell you what there's been some great comments in there i'm sorry if we didn't get you all it's fine the focus is on paul right now but yes. the focus is always on you guys because I, I keep glancing over oh look he's back oh, paul's yeah. back sorry yeah. sorry 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 no 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 it's good it's good yeah <laughs> maintain oh man you're a busy man it's okay take care no of i'm sorry about that sorry uh was it pizza delivery room service that's <laughs> <laughs> my cocaine <laughs> you gotta stay up late when a coke man comes knock you can't you can't not answer the door what else am I gonna the do? Pod. Uh, so um so back to uh avatar real quick i just a quick question you had yeah. talked about how you were able to get um get on the mandalorian through uh, through Deborah, because yeah. you, you had a connection there. Um, I know when we were talking before this, you said that you had been mentioned in fan casting uh, for uh, Airbender for yeah. a, a year or two, at least leading up to any sort of announcement or anything like that. That's what cool. what was was that? Was it the actual fan push that that got your foot in the door, or was it another uh, connection of somebody that you know, or was it just your agent reaching out saying, "Hey"? My dude would be perfect for this role. Yeah, I, I can tell you 100%. It wasn't, uh, we, we didn't reach out. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting because the fan casting started back in 20, uh, I mean, because Avatar, they had announced for a couple of years now that they were going to be adapting the, the animation into a live action show. And uh, yeah, that's right. There's a connection with Dave Filoni. <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> I had to throw that up. That was a good one from Geek Strong. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's actually housekeeping. They they come in and uh, once a week, and uh, they're very persistent. So if they keep, they they just would have come in and let, if I hadn't dealt with it. So. Oh, you should have brought him on, man. No. You should have brought him on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that takes us to another level. <laughs> it would have been too weird. Anyways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh, what happened was, um, you know, they, they'd announced it and it, fans immediately started, uh, fan casting me, uh, just because I, I looked like Iroh, um, yeah. which was great. And it was just like, oh my God, yeah, I, I do look like him, but that's kind of not how the industry works, right? Just because, um, it, it's not that simple to, to cast people sometimes. Right. And, um, what ended up happening is I was doing Kim's convenience anyway. So I was completely unavailable. And, uh, in terms of developing the project from, you know, from what I heard as well, there was, there were delays obviously in the process, like the original creators ended up leaving the show, uh, for their reasons. Um, and then the pandemic hit, which delayed everything. And so what ended up happening was, um, you know, Kim's ended, uh, we're going through the pandemic, and a few months ago, I got uh, I got uh, a request to audition for for a, a Netflix series, and it was called um, what was it called? It's called Blue Dawn. It was called Blue Dawn, and I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> and the description was the sequel to Red Dawn. Yeah, I wish. Right? No, <laughs> uh, it was a basketball movie. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was just like you're you a know, baller. The, 
the, You're probably a baller. I'm so not a baller. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love baseball, hockey, football, basketball. I'll follow it, um, especially with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, in the you know when when they won the championship, that's when I really sort of got invested in basketball for a while, like everybody else in Canada. But it, it's a sport that I'm not as into, so I couldn't tell you what an illegal defense looked like. I couldn't spot traveling. Um, you know, all these different sort of rules for basketball. Uh, you know, it's just a sport that I don't follow. Not that I don't enjoy it. It's just I'm not super into it. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, it's interesting. And it was for the part, the guy's name was Harold. And he used to be this amazing, uh, this uh, an amazing player and a fantastic coach. And he was like this really famous uh, uh, collegiate uh, coach of basketball teams. And uh, he ended up retiring and he comes out of retirement to mentor his 16 year old nephew, who is a basketball prodigy. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm, I'm reading the script. And for whatever reason, the lines were super easy to memorize. Like they were just like, oh, okay. And I got a sense of the character, put myself on tape, submitted it, and then promptly forgot about it. And then about a month later, my agent texts me and she's like, okay, so, you know, Blue Dawn, uh, they want a director producer session on Zoom. I've never auditioned over Zoom before. Um, it's always been in person. Uh, so it was weird. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, what the hell is Blue Dawn? Like I completely forgot <laughs> what it was because yeah. it's like, if you don't hear from it, if you don't book it, then you forget about it. Right. Like that's a coping mechanism. I think all actors should, should take is you flush it. Once it's done, it's done. Because mm -hmm. if you, if you ruminate, if you if you obsess over it um, and you don't get it, it's brutal, right? Like it's just after a while, it, that takes an effect on you. So I'd promptly forgotten all about it. Uh, and then I had to look it up. I was like, oh, the basketball movie. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cool. Good. I, I thought I did a good job on that one. And, um, you know, so, you know, uh, casting, they reset me the, the script again. There was a little note saying, you know, just, you know, by the way, um, the character's name in the in the sides that you got, and his name is Harold, but his real name is Iro. And I was like, "Whoa, oh, no shit! Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh no!" And then all of a sudden, I started getting nervous because it was just like it became something. And then it was like, "Of course, it makes sense, right?" Perfect. You're a mentor, ex, yeah, to a great player, yeah, ex basketball coach, ex general. But it was written. The sides were perfectly written because it was just like. It, it was him mentoring his his younger nephew to just sort of relax a little bit, right? To enjoy these things and and like you know if you're going like and he introduces him to these uh, to this really tough sort of like in the sides I think it was like called um, it was called the cage and it's like where all the best basketball players in the world practice, but it's like street ball and so no, there's no refs, there's no oh. calls, this or that. And I'm like, oh okay, so. It, it just suddenly made sense. It was like, okay. And they, they to totally, and they'll do this. They will rewrite scenes or they'll give you fake scenes to audition for that are in the same vein of the character. It might not be the specific subject matter, but they're looking for character. Can you play this character correctly? And whoever wrote those sides too, man, they deserve a medal because those were just spot on. Doesn't it make so you want, doesn't it make you want to go back and make movies out of the fake scripts for other oh movies yeah <laughs> I mean, think about that <laughs> it's like That'd blue dawn needs to be made all right it needs <laughs> yeah. to be made that's funny and, you know, i love it i think absolutely it and so it's <laughs> it's a really cool thing so then i got really nervous because it was like i know what this is for oh my god and then immediately i thought they haven't cast this part yet like what the hell um 
So I went and I, I did this, I did the zoom audition, the callback. And then immediately they, they had me do a, a chemistry read with um, Dallas Liu, who they had already cast as Zuko. Uh, and it's weird, man. Like doing an audition over zoom is weird. Uh, yeah. Just because but, if you're looking yeah. at the screen, you're not looking at the camera. Well, it's kind of like how, how we have to interact with you. Like you're right here. I want to see you talk, but really, I exactly. should look at the camera so it looks like I'm part of the audience's yeah. view. That's you know? exactly it. And, and so you're a professional. Is, yeah, I'll just throw <laughs> at the camera, right? Like I just look at the camera and this you're, and that. And I'll peek down eventually. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's weird because they want they want to see your face while you're interacting with your co-star, uh, and uh, or your scene partner. And it's it's really hard to do. So what I ended up having to do is I took the camera and I put it in front of the monitor, so I, it looked like the there eye line go. was fake. Yeah. So I'm looking at Dallas, but it looks like I'm looking at uh, there's a you know there's there's give a us one line, you. give us one line because you memorize them real easy. Come on, give us one line from Blue Dawn, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, exclusive Blue Dawn. Line. <laughs> Take one. No, I don't. I man, I don't do this to me. You don't have to do a blue dawn line. We know it's already going to be a blockbuster. Don't give it away. Um, (laughs) Here's the other thing too. So there obviously is a huge net of secrecy around it. Um, Sure, sure. Netflix, they are like the PR department and and I get it. They don't want any leaks. They don't want uh, anything to sort of come out that would be considered a spoiler. And you know me. I mean, I, I just told you the story about Baby Yoda. Yeah, you did. You saw Baby right? Yoda, Yoda yeah. and kept your mouth shut. So I keep I, I take that seriously. And uh, but to to that point, so I you know I was doing my live stream uh, a few weeks ago in November in in uh, in Vancouver uh, at the different ho- uh, another hotel I was staying at, and I was praising the the other actors that were in the show because we'd done a table read and it, you know them being involved in the show was a matter of public record they'd already announced like months ago that it was going to be you know gordon cormier uh kia wendio ian ousley and dallas Liu. they were they were going to be the top four uh the characters and so on my live stream uh i'm just sort of talking about how i think they're fantastic actors and how i you know i did a table read how impressed i was i i pumped all of them up and deservedly so. And it was like, okay, and this is just on my my YouTube channel, right? I've got like 15,000 15, subscribers, whatever, on any given night for the live stream. I've got maybe, I've, I've plateaued out at 109 co-current viewers, right? So not very many people watch. And uh, the next day on these Avatar news sites, oh, they have clips of my YouTube channel where I'm talking about the cast and like, you know, uh, Paul Sung Young Lee talks about Airbender and like, oh shit. (laughs) That's already a problem right right there. And then, yeah. So it's like, oh my God. So not only were they watching my live stream or somebody tweaked them onto it, they did a screen clip cap. uh, They they captured a clip and they posted it. And um, the biggest takeaway from that was uh, the bylines were so misleading because it made it sound like all I was doing was giving up avatar secrets. And I wasn't doing anything of the sort, but it's like, it's, it's clickbait material, right? They want yeah. people to click on their site and to watch the right. clip or whatever. Uh, and so like I'm on set the, the next day and the PR department comes up to me and like, do you handle your own socials or do you have, doing that? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I, it's just me. And like, yeah, I said, okay, like we need to talk. Yeah, we need to talk. And it's like, I did nothing wrong. And then I started getting pissed off because it's like, yeah. I did nothing wrong. And if you think I've done something wrong, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, 
don't just go off of like actually look at that material, see what it is reported. I've been said, I've been saying, like yeah. do do your due diligence, be a cop about it, right? Like you need to do that, and don't yeah. be lazy. And not that I'm calling them lazy, but it just felt like a knee jerk reaction to yeah. something. And I understand they're doing their jobs, but it made me feel like such an unprofessional, like an amateur. And it, it's like, yeah, but I that's I, I didn't I didn't give anything away that isn't public knowledge. Uh, sure. And in fact, what I'm doing is it, this is great publicity for this show because you have somebody from the outside who has a bit of credibility in terms of like my, my body of work and 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 stuff. And if I'm espousing these great talents and, you know, getting people excited for the show because they've got great actors on the show, that's a good thing. But that's well, and even grabbing, even getting a little bit of a, you know, unwarranted hype unwarranted connections and i think you know half of the half of a pr company's job is to get a a nearly accurate but not even close accurate rumor out there right that's what they're supposed to do is get something out there that makes people wonder like oh my gosh is this true yeah and the real truth is better than the fake truth that they made up yeah somebody you know so i don't i don't understand that especially if you're just talking about how how you appreciate the quality yeah, the actors you're with, you know. I think what it is is in this day and age now, um, they want to orchestrate the timing of certain events, sure. and I get that, right? Like they sure. want to be in charge of when specific things get dropped because they have a whole strategy rolled out, planned out in advance of when they want certain uh, bits of information to be dropped, so they can capitalize on the momentum or create that yep. momentum, right? And nowadays, too, with social media, you got a lot of younger stars or younger other people who aren't savvy on social media who are giving it away. Yep. Uh, a way to, and then what that does is it disrupts their release uh, schedule and stuff. And so I get it. Like, I get it. And, you know, I think that's the question they were asking. Like, do you have somebody who does your PR or do you do it by yourself? Like, all my socials, I run um, myself and I try to be as interactive as I can. Uh, I understand now why people hire other people to just do that because once you get to a certain point, it's just, it's like a nine to five job. Like if I were to just respond to everybody who reaches out on social, on one platform, that'd be like an eight hour day. So you have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and, uh, you know, the YouTube channel, you know, Tinder grinder, whatever, uh, just kidding. Um, no, that's all right. No, it's a lot. No judgment here. No judgment. You know. Uh, so it, it, it's one of those things where I, I do as much as I can, but at, at a certain point, I'm like, I, I just have to stop because uh, I don't have uh, as much as I'm willing to do it. I just physically don't have the time to do it, and uh, I also have to look out for my own mental health too because sometimes sure. it can get um, a lot. Yeah, I would say I would say aside from, you know, maybe a PR uh, uh, smackdown uh, or whatever, uh, just keep being your genuine self. I think that I mean, remember, you know, if you talk about authenticity, which, by the way, in your video I watched today, you were talking about the wrinkle that you lost a point on. And that was that was based based on the authenticity. Look, we don't nobody straightened my shirts out. They look this good on its own. Well, and, and you know, Paul, don't be afraid to throw out that you, you do know my friend Dave, though. Yeah. Right? Well, no, no, yeah. no. There, there we go. Here we go. This is the yeah. comment we had. We need to talk. Have you met my yeah. friend Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Netflix, uh, Disney, Netflix, you know. Hey, uh, hey real quick here. Um, a, a buddy of ours, uh, he just sent me a picture of a custom Black Series 
that he made of you. Okay. Um, so just wanted to put that up here for you. Oh, is that Ochre Studios? Yeah, that's Vern. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. I've so, seen that one. Uh, yeah. It's, I, yeah. It's, it's a good job. likeness. It's a good likeness. Yeah. So you know, you know, anytime, uh, anytime you get a, a figure, it'll be, it'll be not soon enough. I, I didn't say oh, that right, but you know, appreciate I mean. that. I appreciate that. It's so funny because, uh, so Dave got his first, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And I uh, <laughs> what a prima donna. That, that, don't, doesn't everyone know you're Dave's friend? I mean, come on. Dave puts his friends first. I, I love it because uh, I, I think he he secretly loves it, but is secretly completely uh, he's mortified. But at the same time, wow. it's yeah. like that whole, oh, my God, they made an action figure of me. And then there's a part of him that's like, oh, my God, they made an action figure of me. Oh, like that's everybody's that we everybody's reaction to it. Right. Like uh, a little horrified, but secretly thrilled. Right. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, it was funny because I was I was teasing him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get your figure. I'm trying to get pre-order for it. But it's, and he was like, what? No, no, no. I'll send you one. It's like, really? It's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, that's what so friends cool. Do. Yeah. And I said, can, can I be that asshole and ask you to sign it for me? Yeah. <laughs> did you see and he did. He signed and he, he drew. See, and if you can get a Dave Filoni sketch. Yes. Oh, my. Oh, my. And so he he Oof. drew. He did a little sketch of the Mando on there, and it's just like, oh, that's awesome. And for him, it's a doodle. Like he just doodles. Oh yeah. And it, and it's gold. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what a- I don't know what your payday was for your Mandalorian Mandalorian gig, but that Filoni <laughs> Filoni <laughs> sketch might double. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Hey, you know, Paul, are you uh, are you are you ready for? Uh, I think I, we haven't even gotten talking your YouTube channel and toys yet, but. Uh, We've got I don't a few, care. We're here all night, man. I, I know, but like we've got a few questions from our patrons that that yeah. uh, that like to uh, fire at you here real quick. For sure. Um, if you don't mind, they're going to range a little bit here. Uh, first of all, Gary, who we actually just put his comment up here. Gary Moore wants to know, do you have any items in your collection that came from roles as an actor? Oh, uh, I'm just trying to think. I have a whole bunch of uh, Kim's convenience, like screen use props and costumes that I kept. I have like four, no, two pairs of his slippers, his iconic slippers. I have two pairs. Uh, I've got a pair of the glasses, the upper glasses um, that I want to actually get my my actual prescription lenses in so I can just wear rock them because I love them. Uh, Scripts, nameplates, this stuff from, I'm just trying to think of through the years. like for the hot toy stuff, I mean, I, I after appearing on after doing that set visit on Mandalorian, uh, for me it was like all Mandalorian all the time. So anything I can collect that is Mandalorian related, I gotta have. Uh, but I've had to stop with the Black Series just because uh, I've fallen down that hot toy as well, and it's just like something's gotta give, and yeah. there's just not enough space. So it's like goodbye Black Series, hello hot toys, um, just because. I understand. Yeah, the distribution for black uh, for the black series stuff is a mess, and it, it's I don't find joy in hunting for them now because it's such a crapshoot, and it's just so um, the the release schedule is is interesting, and the, the exclusives like the Walgreens, the Walmart, the Target yeah. stuff we don't have yeah. them all those up here. We have Walmart, that's it, yeah. uh, and so the access limited access to to those figures and and the scarcity of them. Whereas Hot Toys, I just love the size of them, first of all, the scale and the detail you can get to them. Um, they're just, 
there's more bang for your buck with them. And uh, yeah, it, it's just the release schedule is a little bit less stressful than the Black Series one. So I, I've just gotten onto the black, uh, to the Hot Toys big time. Well, let uh, me let me ask you a, a sub question to that then. Uh, if you could only pick one, helmets or Hot Toys? Oh, my God. Which is it? Because you've got quite a helmet collection. Yeah, but I can keep the helmets I have. Or would I have to get rid of them? <laughs> that's that's you my can, qualifier. You can only collect one from here on out. Well, see, I use the helmets for cosplaying as well. So some oh, of the helmets that are on display, I actually do use for cosplay. Uh, gotcha. The other ones I don't. Um, but That's I a mean, terrible question. How painful. It, uh, uh, it's it's what we're trying question. to do to our guest here. Yeah. Would you rather lose your thumb yeah. or would you rather <laughs> lose your index finger? Which yeah. one would you rather lose? Uh, uh, all right. Maybe yeah. <laughs> better question here from Jason O'Toole. As an accomplished actor, did you enjoy working on Mandalorian more as an actor or as a fan? Oh my God, that's a good question. Mm. Um, it was more stressful working on it uh, as an actor just because I am such a fan, if that makes sense, right? Like I didn't, like I said, you know, when 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 Carl's like, whose friend were you again? Uh, it, it was like throwing <laughs> down the gauntlet where it's like, okay, I, I got to prove myself. I got to prove that I'm not just some, some rube that fell off the back of a tomato truck. And it's just like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. Like I wanted to prove my, that I belonged on that set with, all these professionals. And so it was like, I had a big, I mean, it was a great challenge as a performer as well. Like I, I really, really dug my heels in. It was just like, okay, let's go. I'm going to, you can throw whatever you want at me and I will give it to you because that's my job. And it was great because the first scene that we did was that scene with uh, Gina Carano where I'm giving her uh, the, the medal and we have to talk about Alderaan and stuff. And that's a tough scene to do because you're, it, it's all about subtext and it is, you know, uh, Carl was there directing the episode, but John was there overseeing everything too, right? And so you got two big heavy hitters there, watch scrutinizing your work, and you, you know, I, I wanted to prove that I belong there. So it was a bit of a stressful day that first day, but then after that, everybody just suddenly relaxed and could breathe because they were like, okay, well, this guy, he knows what he, he's doing because they, every redirect they gave me, I gave back, like I gave to them, right? And so we did so many different variations of it. And I was able to stick with it. And so after that, I know for sure Carl just totally, he relaxed around me. It was, it was, it was great. And so um, it, it was a really fun experience. But it's one of those things where you really do have to prove that you belong there. Um, That's so, so. It's cool, cool. Andy, can I add yeah. an add-on to this question real quick? Yes, uh, go for it, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Paul, That the scene with you and Dave as, as the, in the X-Wings pulling over – the razor crest yeah i mean uh, that was it right that was your guys's motivation look we're a couple of state <laughs> troopers i mean you guys are so cool in that you're so relaxed you're so absolutely like routine routine yeah. traffic stop it's and well combined i mean is with that what it maverick was and ice it's maverick and ice man it was so yeah. good it, yeah it meets, thank meets you chips you know yeah. what i mean it's it's the writing Honestly, like Favs, he wrote that scene. Ah, oh, it's so uh, the good. way he sees all the New Republic pilots are they have been through a galactic civil war. All of it, they, yeah. They've survived, and so if they roll up, it's like a it's you know it, it's like a, a a Texas Ranger, just sort of like if a Ranger pulls up, you're like, oh shit, get, uh -oh, yeah. getting real, right? Like one Ranger, <laughs> one riot type thing. And so these guys, they they roll on up and they they see this junker, this old M111 Razor Crest. It's an antique. 
they're in, you know, their T-75 X-Wing fighters. They've been around the block a few times. And so, yeah, they're not worried whatsoever. So when he got bolts, a few score marks, they're yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, Filoni, like a uh, Trapper Wolf, he's an ace. Like if you look at the markings on his his sure. X-Wing, he's an ace pilot. And uh, so it's this whole like we got a runner. It's like, OK, I'm on it. Let's go. And the oh, last thing so they want to do is is fire on him because they know they would just obliterate him. And so the whole time they're saying, don't do it. Don't make us do it, man, because we'll do it. And they gave him so much rope. Um and that was but fun you, to play. That's yeah, so that's what I'm asking. Like you just, you just literally are just sat back in your seat. You're just, yeah. you know, you got the stick. It's no big deal. Yeah. This guy's and, nothing. We think he's amazing, right? As a viewer, we're just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is a Mandalorian. These guys are going to go down. And then yeah. it just never happens all the way to the part where you guys are just like, yeah, no, fix your own ship and fly yeah. away. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We get so much flack for that. Like from fans. Oh, it's so why? funny. I, I still get chirped because like you couldn't at least help him fix his ship. And I, I literally, I always respond like, that's not my job. My job as a new Republic, you know, as a Ranger out there is I, I'm not here to help you get a cat out from under a tree or this or that. I'm here <laughs> to protect what's going on. My job is to sweep for Imperial remnants uh, and, and whatnot. And the thing is, he bolted on us, man. Like you get what you deserve. You this guy's run. A criminal. This guy's yeah, a criminal. Like, you're lucky. Haven't you been driving you down the You've been driving down the freeway. You've seen the little old lady with the tire flat and 500 yards in front of her. State troopers got a guy pulled over going too fast. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. It's not his job. It's, it's, it's one of those things. And then somebody <laughs> quoted the uh, the Ice-T body count song to me. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh. really. But they were, they were. See, that's the thing. This like, you know, the police were harassing him. We weren't really harassing the, nah. the Mandalorian. Although we were jerking his chain a bit. I mean, that was a fun <laughs> note. It was just like. It's like, yeah, you know, you just, oh, by the way, we're going to need to see, you know, we're going to need to send us a ping. You know, so we'll it's one of my we'll favorite wait. scenes as you rolling in, because that was our first introduction to your character, you know, and I was just yeah. like, oh, you know, obviously I'm going, that's Kim's convenience, you know, <laughs> I love, I love Paul. And now I know your name. I didn't know your actor name then, but, you know, but it was just awesome. And, and you're just so chill. It's like, <laughs> come on, don't do it. Don't make us do it. So much fun. <laughs> Love so it. are you uh are you ready for another question here paul yeah let's do it okay this is from greg of red five designs uh, as a fan of kim's convenience it blew my mind seeing you enter the star wars universe especially knowing that you're such a big fan yourself can't imagine how incredible it must feel but does seeing yourself on screen in star wars affect your enjoyment differently as a fan or a viewer or are you able to just separate yourself from what's happening on the screen like, cause if it were me, I'd be like, ha ha, that's me. <laughs> I'm up there, you know? Yeah. So yeah. What, um, what do you no, think? That is, that's me. That is me too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's, it's how often do you get a chance to, to have your dreams come true? Yeah. And, and to see it. And not only that, but have people, other people enjoy it as well and cheer for you when they, when they see that, that means a lot. Like the responses I got from friends, uh, from from fans, they were so happy to see me on there. You you can't imagine how how much that carried me and how how amazing that feels to have that kind of support. Um, and and I, I am always always humbled by that. Like the response has been, I knew people were gonna were gonna like go, oh my god, it's him. But I didn't think to the level it got to. And I'm so thankful for that. And it makes it brings me such joy just so much joy and it's it's just like 
I get kick out of it. And does it affect my experience? Yeah, it amplifies it like two million. <laughs> right. So perfect answer. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect answer. All right. Well, let's get into some collector questions here because we've got, I think, three collector questions for you. All right. Um, uh, Amy Mulder uh, of Framey, who is with us in the chat here tonight, uh, says, as a collector, is there a, a thing that you got that you now think, man, that was that was the dumbest thing I've ever gotten? Yeah, there's you, a couple. You... <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a couple. We're okay. not talking about this week, Paul. Yeah. I mean, just in general. <laughs> no, well, this it's funny. There's there's a there's a segment that I have on my show um, that was like, what was I thinking? Right. Yeah. And <laughs> one of them was uh, it was a batarang from from the 1989 Batman. It was like mm. a batarang uh, okay. replica, one to one scale. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. It's like I, I, I'm usually I'm very Star Warsy, very Marvely. Uh, but mostly Star Wars. I love the Marvel stuff, but I can't collect it because I'd be broke. Like I got to stay in my lane, right? Like it's just yep. too much, and then it, 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 like I have no room as it is. But I picked it up because I was like, you know, it sounds like it sounds really cool. It looks awesome, and I unboxed. It was twenty bucks. I'm like twenty bucks. Come on, it'll it'll look great. I unboxed it, and it was like the cheapest. It was so disappointing because uh, it unfolded. And it was like really cheap feeling. It was like this plasticky, like hard plastic thing. The display that it came up was a vacuum form pole. Basically, of the, it was like a clamshell that had Batman oh, written no. on it. And that was supposed to be the display. And I was like, what, what the hell? Like, why did I, why did I do that? That's like, like, I just felt like really stupid for having bought that. Um, I mean, it did serve its purpose because I gave it to my, my youngest who immediately loved it and started whipping it around the house. Sure. So it's like, okay. But just recently I got something from, uh, uh, toy traders, um, which is a great store out in Langley, BC, uh, just gigantic. And it was, uh, hero collectibles. They do a line of fantastic. Like if you're into star Trek or Battlestar Galactica or little, uh, miniature, uh, starships, They've got a fantastic line called the Hero Collectors, and I started by getting all the Battlestar Galactica, like the the um, the Battlestars, the Cylon base ships, the Vipers, the 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 Cylon Raiders, and they're great. Like the detail on them are amazing, and they released um, it was a one to one scale replica of Tony Stark's arc reactor the Mark one arc reactor that he built in that cave. And it's, you know, the one that's framed like pepper pots, put this big ring around and saying proof that Tony Stark has a heart type thing. And so I'm like, Oh my God, that's fantastic. Instant buy. It's a hundred bucks, hundred bucks Canadian, which is I think like $5 American. So uh, <laughs> it's the other way around. No, it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I think it's like closer to $80. It would be like $80 American. Um, so I got it and I'm like all excited and it's great. And it comes with a little stand and really heavy base but it doesn't light up mm. like you would think that for a hundred bucks you, it would light up at the very least you can like led small batteries. That's a, that's a slam dunk wasn't there. Um, and there was it, like no metal. It was all resin, hard plastic. Uh, the base felt nice and heavy, but the, and the rest of it looked nice, but it was just like for a hundred bucks. I was like, oh, my God, that was so stupid. Like, why did I buy that? So out of spite, like I unboxed it on my channel and I just ripped it to shreds because it's like, it looks nice. But this is like a $20 nice. Ooh. This is a $25 nice for a display, no lights, no case. 
that's a 25, not a hundred bucks. Like that's shame on you hero collectors. So out of spite, I went online and I searched for one that's, uh, it's coming through. I ordered it on Amazon. I found it on Amazon. Uh, they will deliver here. Um, and it's an arc rack. It's die cast metal and it lights up and it has sound and it, it comes in a, in an acrylic case for 20 bucks more. So yeah, how do you do, not light up the arc reactor? I, I don't get thing. it. I don't get it. Like, there's no point unless they yeah. uh, at least make it glow. I, I, I don't know. It's like sugarless so, candy. What's the point? Well, then, <laughs> like, come on, man. It looks diabetes. great. Diabetes. That's I have so, diabetes. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Kendall uh, asks, when do you realize it's time to move on from a toy or a collectible? Oh. Ooh, well, and then what, what do you do? And then what yeah. do you do with it? That's a really good question. And when I get to that point, uh, you got to let me know. <laughs> uh, there, there are many points in my life where I'm like, no, I can, uh, I justify getting it because it's like, well, I'm going to get it and I'll just do a review and then I'll let it go. I'll resell it or whatever, because it's not. And then I fall in love with it. And it's just like, yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It, you know what? Uh, but I, that's a lie because I'm talking about Black Series, and I had to give up Black Series. And for me, that was um, for my mental health, but also the for my wallet and for uh, space considerations. Just yeah. because yeah. there's so many waves that are coming out, so many new releases, and it's just like <gasps> because they just released that that next that last wave of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, figures right so like the artillery mandalorian and uh the uh the the stormtrooper um not the artillery mandalorian the artillery stormtrooper the um squad leader stormtrooper all the different new like black series figs i'm like oh i can get no yeah stop and you have to force yourself to stop but then i breathe a sigh of relief because i watch all my buddies who are scrambling for pre-orders to try to find them anywhere and everywhere i'm like yeah I don't miss that because it's not about hunting anymore. Now it's about scrounging. It, it's yeah. like people are trying to buy supplies. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, there's no joy in that for me anymore. It's like Hasbro's created this mess where it's just like, you know, I, I couldn't Rarity is okay. Limits are okay. You know, it's okay to be like, ah, man, I got, yeah, but I it's like hundred games out five. there. Yeah. It but is. They, they do that. Yeah. And like, God help you if you're a kid and you just want to fucking play with these toys. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to yeah. get them. Because assholes like me go out and scoop up six <laughs> or seven of them, right? And it's like, yeah, for friends, like three you parcel out. We can drive, man. We have cars. We'll go to Target have, at 5 a.m. I have discretionary income, man. Like, you get a job, <laughs> yeah. kid, and then you can do it. But I mean, and I get it, but like, and I would do that too. It's like, I would buy one that I can open, one I keep mint in box. Right. And then I have friends who one, one can open and one just in case <laughs> and one to have signed if, if they're, yeah, they're going I to mean, a con. Sure. And it's yeah. just like, but what do you stop with that? Like it just yeah, becomes I agree. sort of nuts. And then so I have all these Black Series figs and I went through like, you know, I've been collecting them now for for a few years and getting buying pieces off of friends as well who are thinning down their collection. So I've got a nice base collection of Black Series figs, but they're just taking up space. I don't, I haven't unboxed them yet. Uh, if I did unbox them, I have no place to display them. So what do I do? Right. Do I sell them off? I find that difficult because it's yeah. like I could cash in, but it's the whole process of having to go through that. Another part of me is just like, put them in a big box, airtight, put them in storage, sit on them for 10 years, 
bring him out, see what's worth more, and just sell it all off. Or like Paul's my spirit animal right now. <laughs> yeah. I have the exact it's my kids same inheritance. Problem. The exact right? same problem. I feel like I've yeah. heard this conversation shush, with you, Josh. Shush, shush. <laughs> yes, yes. Paul said it more um, eloquently. He's a professional. I'm just sure, an idiot. Yeah. Uh, just a professional um, hoarder is what I am. <laughs> uh, next question: Which or how many episodes will you be in Mandalorian season three? Oh. <laughs> all of them come on oh, Paul. Uh, sorry uh, oh. that snuck that no answer there, there. I, I wish i could answer that i uh, honestly wish i could answer that dang. all right all well right, i think along. we've got we've got a live question Josh. oh we do have a live question all right would you like to introduce let's bring uh, our live question in this is my lovely daughter liv liv there's camera hey. say hi to paul how <laughs> are you good here is your mic is your mic on that'd be me if it's not hold on let me make sure she's on sandy's mic (laughs) (laughs) so hold on a second let me just get some water while you're doing that yeah okay Liv, don't freak out okay he's cool dude it's chill time Oh, there I am. Oh, I can hear you. There you I are. can hear you. Yeah. There you go. There we Perfect. go. Dad's Sorry. a bad Hi, tech. Dad's a bad Hi, tech. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Oh, I love you? your room. Good, thanks. Is that a is that an AT-AT driver in the back? In the, oh no, it's a stormtrooper with a parka. Yeah, it's a stormtrooper yes. with the uh, with the uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, Norwegian <gasps> unit. Uh, Columbia, From Columbia coat. Yeah, she's nice. in, she's in, look. She's in the room with me. Give me five. <laughs> All right. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. Okay. Here, I'm going to make it look more like you and her talking. There we go. Go ahead, sis. Okay. I just have a few questions, and they're 100% about Avatar and not about Star Wars. So. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, All right. So my first question was, um, is it nerve-wracking that you're going to be stepping into the role of the most beloved character in all of the Avatar fandom? Is that Does that make you a little nervous at all? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't before but i guess it is now no. Uh, yeah no absolutely absolutely i mean I'm a, I'm a fan of the show uh having watched the series myself and um you know the, i i tweeted about it too there's a big shoes to fill with mako and um greg who who also who took over the voice mm-hmm. afterwards who was so kind to reach out to me on twitter uh and, and offer his support as well it's really I, yeah i i mean i i take it seriously um as a fan, uh, I want to do justice to the character. Obviously, uh, I want to do it right for the fans. At the same time, I just don't want to mimic or do a, a, a copy of Mako's performance or, or even the animated performance. This is a, there's a reason why you do a live action show, and then it's right. to punch it up and, and tell. Um, there, there is there they are honoring the source material. Absolutely, um, I think fans will be very very pleased with uh, what we're doing with the show. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to share it with people, but it is a, it's a huge responsibility, not only myself, but I think everybody involved from the writers to producers, um, everybody wants to do it right and do justice to the entire series. So. Right. Yeah. But well, the, that being good. said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> okay. That's, that was my biggest thing. I was like, I would be terrified because Iroh is the most loved character in that entire show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the Are thing you, is, you you rely on, uh, as a performer, you know, I, I'll bring my, what I can to it, but, you know, the background, the, the backbone of any sort of story is a script. 
And um, it is such a collaborative process, right? So it is bringing to life all these different factors from story to the interaction with the other characters, the other performers as well, working with the director. Um, and it is, you're, you're, you're creating that, you're storytellers in that regard. And everybody wants to do, do really well for it and stuff. And all I can do is my best. And that's what I'm bringing it to it. And if you've seen my work and you, if you know my reputation in the industry as well, in terms of my work ethic, in terms of what I bring uh, to to this profession, because it's a craft and I'm very, very, I take it seriously and I'm very proud of the work that I do. And I always want to hold myself to the highest standards. So um, just to the fans, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to share with you uh, what what I can do. And uh, I, I would like to think that you'll be very pleased with what you see. I'm excited. Does that I'm make you feel excited. good? Yes. yes. I mean, no, good come on, I'm about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> good no, question, Liv. Perfect. Liv. <laughs> perfect. Good um, so my other question was, what have you done pre to prepare for this role? I, I think you said that you've watched the series, but like, have you read any of the books? Is there something you've done to get into the Iroh headspace? Um. I again having rewatched I rewatched the series again. Uh I actually it's funny, my family did get me some of the books for Christmas. Really? Yeah, yeah, which is great. Uh I, I think it's important to do the homework on it, but at the same time, this is a character. I mean, that's great for background to to sort of uh flesh that out for the unwritten or it's something that I can lean on if I have any questions in terms of something that, that isn't addressed in the script where I can fill in the blanks. But again, it is another collaborative process with all the writers and the, and the, the directors of the show because they might be doing something that isn't or, or veers off from that's different from the books or from the animated right. series. Right. And so if you're too sort of stuck in that, because we're not doing uh, a page for page, sort of reenactment that was of, actually of my next question yeah. so perfect so and because like there's no point really if you're just gonna do that why are you doing a live action adaptation just watch the animated because it's so good yeah. right so exactly. that, that's the thing we want to take it in, in different directions and everybody's very excited about doing that and and bringing avatar to a different different level um so, so. how much how much of your own stunts are you gonna do <laughs> all of them all of them no oh i <laughs> <laughs> you, you've seen the anime, right? Like he doesn't do that. But I mean, season three. I mean, he doesn't he, have to. He's he a badass. He puts down tea pretty fast and some yeah, food. So as go. long as you can drink a lot of tea, you're good. Yeah. One of the big things I get is a lot of people, and this is so funny because it's like we haven't finished shooting season one. There's people because in season three, the animated, obviously, Iro gets jacked, right? Like he's in prison. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. God. And so everybody, it's so funny hearing that <laughs> oh debate God. online. You know, yeah, people are like, I don't know if he can get in shape for that. And like, really? Like we haven't even started and people are taking bets on whether I can get <laughs> fit enough to do that. Okay. First of all, you're going to have to get jacked in a prison. Yeah. First of all, it's called CGI. Okay. <laughs> I put on a green bodysuit. I'm pumped. Okay. Yeah. Second of all, these one arm pull-ups. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. It's called, it's again, CGI. They can fix it in post stunt performers, body doubles, all this stuff. Um, Third yeah, of all, no, have you seen Blue Dawn? Come on, I was a star <laughs> basketball player. So, you know, it's 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 interesting because I think the amount of chatter that's online about the show shows how devoted fans are to this franchise. 
and there's a rich i think there's a there's a rich uh, uh possibilities involved in all that because it's not only about uh, appeasing old fans but it's about creating new fans as well and introducing this world and making it more mainstream i mean avatar was pretty mainstream back when it when it uh premiered as as a cartoon on nickelodeon way back in the day but i mean this is you're talking like in the same vein that comic books were, you know, there, there was a certain fan base for that, but how much has exploded now to worldwide sort of phenomenon uh, with the Marvel movies, uh, you know, with, with Avatar, there's that possibility as well of like reaching a much broader fan base as well. And I think as a fan of the original production, you should be like, people should be enjoying that because it's like, oh my God, so many more people are going to be loving the same stuff that I love. And I can't wait to share some of the deep cuts that I know that'll blow people's minds, new fans. I mean, that's the fun, I think, you know, for OG fans is sort of like being that gateway to some of the older stuff and say, yeah, but have you heard this right. story? Like the seizure mm. boss and say, like, did you know? Mm-hmm. And then like sort of telling those backstories and having people go, oh, my God, that's such a deep cut. Tell me more. <laughs> that's the joy. When you start finding stuff out about like, you know, uh, that storytelling and sharing it, it's it's just it's incredible. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I think fans. I can't wait again. It's just like, there's a big, there are these themes that recur in my life, my professional life. And a lot of it is prove it. Show me, show me from day one. When I started always having to prove myself, always having to show that I belong, that I was capable, that I had craft and from grinding it out in school, becoming a, a, you know, a young actor grinding out for, for little parts here or there to keep working in the business, to to getting onto Kim's, uh, grinding that out, and then being on Star Wars and now Avatar. I mean, this is this is a long journey in my career, and it's always been prove it, prove yourself. And I think this is well within the same themes that I I've been living with professionally my entire career. Is it's a, a prove it, and I welcome that challenge because it keeps you honest. Uh, it keeps you hungry. And um, I, I'm a big fan of winning people over and showing that, you know, this can be and it's going to be something that is incredibly crafted, but incredibly fun. And as a fan, uh, some really great new voices and new experiences for them. And that's exciting as a fan when you get fresh material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I that's that's something you want. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. For my <laughs> final thing, I just wanted to show you this and ask if you're going to start doing your hair like this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make it focus? I, back, give it to me. I see it. I see I it. I want the bun. Ooh, my sorry. wife got, yeah, my wife got me uh, that, that pop fig. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, when, after I got cast, which is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, you know, I, I can't, all I can say is, um, it's going to be great to finally be able to share some of the looks on this show for all the characters. I think the fans are going to be more than happy. Our costume designer, the production designer, did you hear that? Knocked it out of the ballpark. They really, really did. I got, I got chills, shivers seeing them and my jaw dropped. And so you're just going to have to wait. But when you see it, I mean, I, I keep praying for a, a leak somewhere where they could just show a tease of some. Right here's costumes. a great spot, Paul. Right here's a great <laughs> spot. They'll shut us yeah, down. Yeah. No one will care. It'll be fine. Just leak it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's really it'll go a long way towards 
uh, alleviating some of the um, the doubt that's out there. Just because I know, uh, because of you know the 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 2012 movie, the M Night Shyamalan movie, which made a huge mess, uh, sadly for the fans. Um, there's a lot of people who are very reluctant to sort of uh, have their hearts broken again, you know. <laughs> And I get that. And I get that. And there's a lot of mistrust and a lot of like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. But if you look at what the production has done so far in terms of the, the casting for the show, the different like this is not M. Night Shyamalan's casting. We have diverse, a rich, diverse casting that is appropriate to the races that are being portrayed uh, in the series. Uh, I think that's a great step forward. You've got like the, the kids that have cast, they look really close to to the actual characters that they portray but not only that they're really good actors and that's the other thing it's not like oh you look exactly the same you can't act but it's like you know you step in because you look the same. it's none of that like these are crafted actors who are exciting to watch and see uh get the opportunity to to inhabit these characters and bring them to life and, and do what they want to do so I, I love that i love that and so you have to realize that if it's starting from that point, they're going to make sure that things are done right. And the closest comparison I can make to it so far is like Mandalorian, right? You look at the level of detail, the care that they take for casting, for writing, uh, for production, for props, the costumes, to everything. These are fans of the Star Wars universe. So the people who are doing Avatar, they're fans of that universe as well. Uh, so... Well, they're also raising the bar for everybody else that's going to try and do something from a beloved franchise. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I thought was really, really good at incorporating the old and the new. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about before we were on, Cobra Kai has done right. that very, very well. And so Avatar, another known, beloved entity, uh, if you're going to take something on like that, then you better nail it, right? Otherwise... Yeah. Otherwise, it it's not going to happen again. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's encouraging to hear you say that. And and, uh, and beyond and, encouraging, Paul, it's just yeah. fantastic. I really, I mean, the passion. I mean, if you're if you're just the fact that you're on the set, it just makes it feel like. I mean, this is a real deal. So I, I love that. It's very cool. And by the yeah. way, we should stop the pod now, and then we're going to start a new pod called. Live Paul and Josh, or live Paul and Dad, and 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 Paul talks to Live about all that work ethic. And talk about college, okay? So, uh, uh, all right, all right, all right. New pod, Paul. New pod. Paul. Or anyway, you know, the Godfather, whatever you want to do. Let's let's just. <laughs> Just take, yeah, we, we can sign the papers. We'll just mail them right up there. <laughs> All right, Liv, here's your chance. Look at the camera. Paul's going to look look at you, and you can wave and just be like, I was on stream <laughs> with Uncle. With Uncle Iroh. <laughs> just look, look at the camera. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul, give her a peace sign. Give her a peace sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was her whole thing. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you, Liv. Paul. Thank you. Those Thank are you, great Paul. questions, Liv. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Bye, Liv. Bye. Go to bed. <laughs> School night. Uh, that was great. Also, thank you, Paul. I really appreciate it. Oh, as, no. a, as a father and as a, a fan of not only Star Wars, but major franchises, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Liv likes to tease me because I'm the kind of guy that like, she'll have 
the animation on and I'll kind of creep in the background in the kitchen, you know, making something. I'll be like, what's Appa doing right now? Why, why is that bison flying? I don't get it. You know, and she's like, yeah, no. and then pause and, and, and go through the whole thing. So. Right. <laughs> um, do you think, well, okay. We got to ask a couple collector questions here. I know you've been very generous with your time here. You have. You have. Uh, oh, that's cool, man. Just, just a, a, a couple collector questions yeah. uh, from, from us here. Rank, rank your uh, franchise collections that you that you do like what, what do you have the most of yeah uh, like what what is it um star wars number one that's the most stuff that i have helmets okay. figs games yeah it's, it's ridiculous uh number two would be ghostbusters okay. proton packs traps right. goggles cosplay um i've seen your proton packs and they're excellent by the thank way. you very much thank you um, and I'm getting two more. I backed the HasLab Proton Pack. Hey, oh, nice. I, I invested so in got, two more of those. <laughs> so two that you've made and then two HasLabs. Yeah, yeah. And then I have two Spirit Packs that I modded for my kids. Uh, the Spirit Halloween Packs are like 99 bucks. Um, the really great starter Proton Pack, like for anybody who wants to cosplay as a Ghostbuster, uh, you could just either use the as is or if you wanted to do a little bit of modification to make them a little bit more screen accurate, there are a lot of great sort of uh, third-party um, kits that you can use to change the lightings, add a sound card, you know, some cosmetic changes that you can make the pack really look uh, closer to screen accurate, which is great. So I did that for my two boys. Uh, the Spirit Halloween packs are like 80 per- uh, 80% scale. So they're just a little bit smaller, which is perfect for kids or for smaller people. Um, and they're super lightweight too. So if you go into a con... Uh, it's great. It's not, uh, you're not killing yourself. You know, they, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that on the, on the left there, that's my fiberglass. That's my hero. Wow. pack. Uh, that one is like 45 pounds, full light sound. There's a, an e-sig venting kit on the bottom where the end filter is uh, GB one ribbon cable. It's all aluminum, uh, greeblies. Uh, the, the wand is aluminum except for the throwers. Uh, that was a labor of love. That was a gift to myself, uh, putting that together after season one of Kim's actually. Nice. Wow. So yeah. And the, in the middle of those are my two boys. Those, that's how I got into star Wars cosplay. I started with building armor for them for Halloween. Uh, and I just had so much fun. I was like, why did they get to wear it? <laughs> so I, I ended up starting and that's how I started my star Wars cosplay into that. So it's yeah. Star Wars ghostbusters. And then in there somewhere, there's like, I got a bunch of star Trek stuff as well. Um, I grew up a Trekkie. And so uh, that was for me, like, I've got a number of, I think like four or five phasers, communicators, like the OG original series, um, uh, Star Trek stuff, uh, comm badges. I've got, uh, I, I want to get th- more into the cosplay for that. Sorry? Do you 3D print your own stuff? I do. So I have two 3D printers. I've got an FDM printer, a Sidewinder X1. Uh, artillery x1 and uh mars elegoo pro which is still in the box uh because i ran out of room uh and time <laughs> basically yeah and now it's like because the mars elegoo pro it's it's great but it's so small now now they have it's been so long since i bought that that they now have much bigger versions of it where you can have much bigger builds on it so i'm secretly just sort of thinking well maybe i should wait and when i can finally find space to get one that'll print an entire helmet at once 
I'll invest in that and sell the small one. Or I can use a small one as a get a get my own 3D printing farm happening. But again, it's space. I just I have no space in my basement. Um, what uh, what are what are all your Star Wars cosplays? Oh God. Uh, okay. You, so said you, have, you said you had eight of them or something, right? Yeah. So I started off with a tie tie fighter pilot. That was the first one. There's a reserve pilot, which is a variation of the tie pilot. I've got a TK, uh, which is a regular stormtrooper, first order TK, which is still in the box uh, that I need to build. Uh, Mud trooper. I have the staff officer, uh, which is the uh, black officer's uniform. I have a line officer, which is the green olive green uniform. Um, I also have the tank trooper uh, from um, uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. I also yeah. have yeah uh, Jedi costume, and I have two variations of the X-wing pilot. One is just a regular X-wing, and the Hoth version as well. So that's wow. Do you have a Do you have a Carson Tiba outfit? <laughs> you know, it's funny because members of the Rebel Legion they're asking, um, like, it, like because they don't have uh, an official, so an officially approved one in their their costume reference library, their CRL, and um, or they don't have one yet because it's a long process to get. Uh, that's basically for those of you who don't know, the CRL is what the um, the 501st and the Rebel Legion, they have, the, it's called the costume reference library. And whenever yeah. they have a costume that, you know, needs to be approved, like Legion approved, they'll have a baseline for that. And it's usually the first person to ever build that costume to the exact specifications, mm. uh, meaning that they need to be screen accurate. Once that's done, you have the honor of being, you know, the, the model for the CRL. Wow. And yeah. everybody bases their costume, their cosplay builds on your on your look. So it's a great honor and there's a big race for it. So whenever there's a new movie that comes out, there's a race to be the first of that particular character. To my knowledge, they haven't done Carson Teva yet, but uh, it's going to be difficult just because it's a mix of, uh, oh, you know, original trilogy stuff, Rogue One stuff, and some uh, some liberties liberties that are taken by by the costume designer, Shauna uh, Tripic. Tripsic. Tripsic. Uh, and, um, yeah, so it, it's just like, there's a season two, there's, there's a different, different looks between them. Like if you look at season one of the Mandalorian, the, um, uh, the rebel pilots, they their cost their, their jumpsuits, the orange jumpsuits are like more from Rogue One. Cause it got the puffy collars. Yeah. Uh, and then in season two, when it's me and Filoni, we've got the original trilogy jumpsuits, which are more of the cotton based ones. Right. But the chess boxes are from Rogue One. The uh, the the data pack um, uh, code cylinders yeah. are not the same ones that I because I've I've got that that cosplay of the regular Rebel pilot, uh, and the code cylinders are not there. They are those are specifically uh, uh, crafted for that. So those original craft uh, bucks or or um, uh, what is it called builds. Uh, for them so it's that's very interesting and so there's little minor variations here and there right down to the boots even so um are they asking yeah. you for all the pictures you took up close of each part is that <laughs> what they're asking for I, I have been asked if i have pictures of that yeah not so, yet not yet let it cool off a little bit <laughs> I, I just you know what for me I, I was just happy to be there right so yeah, so cool uh, but if i if i were to submit it's so funny because people are saying you would be the first one in history to actually have played the character Ooh. and submitted and had your costume oh. done as the CRL. 
That's that's an interesting uh, yeah. twist. Well, you've to you've got there. a friend. <laughs> that friend again. Okay. It's Shauna, actually. Shauna's, Shauna's the, yeah. the costume designer on Mandalorian. Season one was Joseph Poro, but season two is Shauna. And uh, season three is Shauna as well. And I think she did uh, she did Book of Boba Fett as well. Oh, and, wow. Man. Oof, she's like, on it. She is, she is a nerd's nerd. Like she goes and she that level of detail that she brings, that excellence that she brings, and she cares. But like she'll go in, get screen caps, and count the number of stitches. Oh, in you know, in terms of recreating some of the looks, right? Ooh. She'll go and she'll source the original fabric that they used, and she'll track it down and she'll get that, and they will build wow. from scratch all that. So my flight suit uh, is scratch built. It's not an wow. off the rack. So the one that I I have for my own cosplay, that's an off the rack XL size Anovos jumpsuit, right? right? This one is like the one I wear for Mandalorian is tailored to my body because they took my measurements. Well, right? so that means that means it's yours, right? <laughs> that means no one else can use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so cool. I don't know, that's Paul. So cool. I've seen you in a couple shirts. I think I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, buddy. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't have it with me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't carry it everywhere? No. <laughs> no production uh, well, so, keeps all of that. So <laughs> all right. Uh what what's the what's next on your get list for your collection? Oh my god. Uh I mean, you already what said you next? you back you back some proton packs for the yeah, Haslab. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to those. I want to get my hands on that because I also have two of the uh the Neutrona wands, the Spengler wands, because those came out first. And uh, I had ordered one through Hasbro Pulse and gotten it. And then I'd forgotten I'd gotten it. And a friend was at Toys R Us and said, like, oh, they got them here. And I was like, yeah, get me one. So I have two. Uh, and they get attached to the Hasbro pack, actually, which is cool. So um, I was pretty excited about that. That's another reason why I got two of them. Uh, but um, honestly, I... I have a problem, and talk to me out there, those of you who know how to say thing. I accidentally pre-order a lot of the same stuff. So we are we are literally yeah. the same people, Paul. Okay, we're the same people. <laughs> so I I you, I, I kind of thought you would you would be sympathetic towards my plight. So I had realized I had pre-ordered the Hot Toys Bo Katan. Yep. Three times. Oh, good job. Good. Through oh. the same through the same company. <laughs> My well, wife is this, never. <laughs> this this happens. This happened for us so much that we ended up making a rule. Yeah. That that if you if you unknowingly pre-order more than one of the same thing, yeah. not on purpose. Yeah. You have to give the second one away. See, yeah, and that's bullshit because that was always me. <laughs> oh my god! If it hits close to home, Josh, then Paul, I, I don't know. Paul, tell. tell me this. Tell me this. When you get that Entertainment Earth email, and it's like, or no, no, or notification that you've had a charge for Entertainment Earth, are you like, oh shit? Oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, Here uh, it comes. Black yeah, series. It, Black series. Yeah. See, I'm more of an idiot because the every place that I go to for pre-orders, I always pay in full right up front. So it's sure. out of sight, out of mind. Like sure. I, I want to order it and forget about it and kind of go not have to worry about like, oh, do I have enough money at the moment? If I have enough money, that's when I'll buy it just so I don't get into trouble like that, because 
I know, for example, for the for the Haslab thing for the Proton Pack, they had like all these like close to nineteen thousand backers, and then the night, the second it closed, they charged everybody's credit cards, Bring. and they'd lost a bunch of backers because oh, they I couldn't bet. they couldn't pay. Right? They over they're like, oh my god, they had no idea they were going to charge them that quickly. Yep. And so it's just like, oh okay. Uh, so for me, in in terms of that, like. I never get those. I always get the shipping notifications. Like they don't charge me until it's time to ship it. And then they will, um, uh, they'll give me notifications saying, okay, we're charging you for shipping now. And I go, oh, okay, what's this for? And I have to backtrack and look for it. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, for me, especially through Sideshow, right? Yeah. Like if you pay the deposit, you lose that if you don't pay everything up front anyway. So I'm just yeah. like, uh, I'll, I'll just put it in there. I want to yeah. get it as fast. I'm just clicking order, 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 especially on the pre-orders <laughs> when it's fast. I'm like order. And if that's yeah. the $50 deposit, I don't care. And yeah. then blammo. What, well, what happened? What did I get? A couple of Grogu's showed up. I was like, oh man. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's happened. A couple of helmets. Andy loves it when I'm maybe, like, hey, guess what? You get it at cost. Congratulations. Maybe, maybe Josh, you can trade Paul a Grogu. Yeah, you and for I should talk. Tan. And I'll you guys yeah, can I, trade. I have a Grogu. Yeah. 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 Just, just one. one? Just one? Yeah, no, I, well, yes, I have the sideshow one. And then I went out and got the, the hot toys one. Yeah. as well nice uh, just to do a comparison of the two so uh, yeah because for science for science yeah. well no because the sideshow one is more of a statue right it's it that's is. it it's just that one, one and it's it's gorgeous um but after having after having seen the real one and, uh -huh. and actually held it on the set <laughs> oh hey yes i was kind of like oh i want something a little bit more posable and then i heard about the hot toys one so i was like well i must have that and so i ordered the hot toys one and because it, it's got the, the mouth that you can shape and the different ears that you can attach and you can pose it. Um, that's why. I, so I did a comparison between that one and the sideshow one. Yeah. Uh, and which one? Do you, obviously, you like the Hot Toys better. Right? Uh, the Hot Toys one, it's, I love the posability of it. I love the, the softness of the face. It's yeah. a little bit more real. But I didn't like the, um, the jacket that he was wearing. The, the sideshow oh, okay. one is actually much nicer. Then the yeah, hot I'm looking at it. That's why so, he's, he's over there staring at yeah. me. He's creepy as hell, man. He yeah. just keeps staring at me. <laughs> um, uh, can I take a bio break? I just realized I've been chugging water the whole time, and it's working. You bet, up buddy. You bet. Give me 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. I'll be back. Andy, you're brutal. You wouldn't even let him go pee? Can you imagine? <laughs> sick. You know, I, I thought he had, uh, you know. I'm taking a bio break. Look, should, is this the point where we just tell people, look, it, it is an evening with Paul. I think Framie put that up a little while back. It's an evening with Paul. He's so gracious to stay yeah. with us. We're, we should uh, probably wrap this up. Pretty we quick should probably here. wrap it up, Andy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. If he's taking a bio, then uh, I don't That's know. He's good for good another. For, look, he's used to being in wardrobe. You know, they don't let him even go. There's probably not zippers on that custom-made uh, X-Wing pilot. No. Remember, outfit, he so. said... Uh, he said he's in uh, he's in wardrobe for like ten minutes, or that was makeup. No, no, no. But once you're in, you're not getting out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got a spinner left. Let's let's save let's the just wrap uh, this up. Yeah, let's save the the Vader cologne comments for the next one. That or just throw them in now. We're good. Paul's all right. He's fine. He took a leak. We're good. <laughs> he took a leak. He's fine. Uh, I love bio break. By the way. 
uh, Paul, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but I'm a professional. I've been sitting here on it for a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad for your bladder. That's what you keep me. You see me moving over. I'm like, yeah, he's fine. Paul. <laughs> keep going. Keep tell me more. Uh, no, this is, this is great. Uh, yeah. So we're going to wrap it up for you, Paul. We have a couple things. This has been just fantastic. Okay. I, I don't even care. I just would, I'd stay here all night with you and, and talk. Well, let's keep going. Yeah. Wait, if we we'll got more questions, I'll, I'll answer them. All right. Uh, we have two more things for you. All right. This one is kind of fun, and we're excited to do it with you. We have a thing. Uh, we call them spinner. We, we spin our hot toys. That's what we do. We put them on a spinner. Okay. We spin them around. But we also like to play some music with that. And you're the professional actor here. you know. So we thought maybe we'd spin it. Now, I, I guess maybe you'll get into it a little bit once you see it. Uh, okay. We don't actually have a demo. Do we have a demo? Do I have one loaded still? No, there isn't one loaded anymore. Oh, I wish there was one loaded. It would have been great to show Paul because he. I'm I'm sure you've seen our stuff. You've probably followed <laughs> and subscribed for a while. Um, but uh, but maybe you forgot. Maybe you forgot. Uh, but yeah, we don't have one loaded. But anyway, we do we do some spinning. Um, it was an it was an oh, old joke yeah. that we need to rekindle. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, yeah, see, Gary Moore is ready. All right. Uh, we're just going to throw it up there. Actually, do I, I, if I still have this, hold on. And I don't, it's cool. Too much build up for nothing. Here we go. We'll throw this up. Let's go solo. There it is. Boom. All right, Paul. And then we like to put a little music to it. Oh yeah, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot, to Hot Toys One Six Scale Phantom Menace Darth Maul. Darth motherfucking Maul. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. If you thought one saber wasn't enough, good news. This bad boy's got a double-edged, double red. Hot hot toy saber. Two sabers. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. Your turn. Add some flair. Now, with his original legs, oh yeah, watch him take that double-edged sword and split it in half. Oh, if he's going to one is not enough. Wait till you get two. Two for the Ouch. price of one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Excuse me, but that head looks really horny. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what I really like about this hot toy, if we can get serious here for I'm just sorry, a second, I'm sorry. We'll get serious. Is we'll that serious. Uh, is that the uh, that the the outfit that he's in for in the Phantom Menace is very uh, it's like a, a Ronin type kind of a baggy. Uh, the the costuming of of this is was why I bought it, and the, the face yeah. sculpt is is perfect. But his costume is is just it's. It's real cloth. It's movable. It's posable. Everything That's that great. you like about Hot Toys. I mean, this is this was the first one that I ever got, and I got it probably three or four years ago. Um, even before I really kind of knew what Hot Toys were, I saw it in a secondhand toy store, and I was like, you know what? That is the face on it looks incredible. I mean, yeah. it's 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 Ray Park's face um, to a T, and then uh, and then the fact that he's just a really big looking action figure that that it just looks awesome so yeah no that's that's you know it's good when you see it and then you want to buy it yeah because i'm looking yeah. at going oh damn oh hold on paul i'll do some camera work for you how about yeah that? Get, let's get a up close right. on that All face right. josh i don't want to tell you what to do here but that needs to happen 
And, you know, he comes with a few different hand poses. This yeah. one actually didn't come with a lot of ex- accessories. Right. But, uh, but just a, a top-notch design. It was very entry-level. I think it only cost me 150 bucks. Damn, um, that's great. Does, so, the, uh, does the saber split in half? It does not. Okay. But full disclosure, I busted it in half trying to put it in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's so I had to perfect glue, yeah I had, to glue, I had to glue it back together and i thought you know what why am i gluing it back together it's yeah. actually better now no it wasn't better but how are they it wasn't know? supposed to be no one's gonna know they're gonna know yeah how are they gonna know no one's gonna know <laughs> wow uh, and yeah. so like it's all cl- you can put are there, are there wires through the um through some of the loose parts so you can get them flared out so that it looks like Nope, this one does not have any wiring in the, okay. in the sleeves or in the in the uh, kind of the front cowl kind of piece. Yeah, um, or in the legs, they're just it's just baggy cloth that moves as though it would move with him. You know, that is yeah, that's a, that's a very Japanese, uh, influ- heavily Japanese. That's like that's a Japanese outfit, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, it looks absolutely badass. Looks great. Yeah, love it. I, I'm not disappointed in this purchase four years later. Oh, camera. Yeah, the autofocus is just brutal. Ah, what a bastard. Must. Here we go. Boom. Get into focus. Flames kicking. <laughs> scowl deepening. Very much scowl. Yes. So. Paul, how do you like the fire in the background, though, bro? I mean, oh, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm super so chilly. Adds, adds the ambiance. Yeah, baby. <clears throat> so how many hot toys do you have paul i have not including the pre-orders yeah no no like at home i have 13 still in the box in their boxes at home uh and That's out of the case i have <laughs> it's a good sign when you can't think of them off the top of your head Maybe ten outside of the box. Okay, you got some I opening to do, buddy. Yeah, but you, I know you got a show to. You also got a YouTube channel to support, right? And so. that's the thing, right? So I'm I'm using like I, I'm stopping myself from opening a bunch. Like I, I try to open one hot toys per episode. Yeah, um, that I do, and so and it's so funny. So I came to Vancouver. I had zero. I went to Toy Traders. Came back uh, with two more hot toys. One was the 40th anniversary, uh, the Empire Strikes Back version of Boba Fett that I unboxed uh, on Sunday. The other Gorgeous. one is the uh, Jetta uh, Stormtrooper, um, the Sideshow collectible exclusive version. It's a Hot Toys, but it was just exclusive to Sideshow. Yeah. And then in the mail today, this is great. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This this came a little bit early for me. Give me unboxing yeah. this. The Liberation. Liberation, dude, Inc. You there can you watch go, it, unbox it. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then, that was um, sweet. Thank you. And then I like I kind of the other night, this is the thing I ordered from. Uh, there's a company called Toys Wonderland um, and uh, they um, they're, they're based in Hong Kong. So they get I have access to a lot of the hot toys like pretty quickly. And I had a moment of like retail therapy. I'm bored. I'm by myself. This is what I'm going to do. And so I ordered three thinking, oh, they'll come. They're being shipped like they'll be here in like day after nice. tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my nice. God. So I got three more coming. Uh, yeah. And what I'm now trying to remember what I ordered. The, um, from Mandalorian, the armorer. Uh, I got her and I got 
the Stormtrooper squad leader uh, mm. from Mandalorian Season 2. Is that with the red pauldron? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the red yeah. pauldron. And then, uh, God help me, what was the other one? My wife is going to kill me. Don't tell uh, her. Just don't tell her. No, it's like the fact that I can't remember. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like you can't her. remember? Like, uh, maybe, no, no, no. It's, no, no. maybe it's two armors. You got a lot going on, man. You got a lot going on. <laughs> maybe it was three. I always tell my wife. I'm like, we got a lot going on, all right? I can't remember. She was chirping me on. the other day. Yeah, oh my God. She's like, quick, Paul, or pre order five. I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, another death trooper. That's what it was. Because you can't, I have a death trooper. But <clears throat> you can't just have one. No, right? I mean, they travel in, in pairs. So, yeah. in, in terms of the display that I want to do, uh, I want two of them, right? So they're going to be flanking one of the characters. So it's just I, I want to get into one six scale photography as well. Oh, cool! Um, just because I've seen some really great examples out there, I'm like, oh my god, this is so much fun. And then uh, being on sideshow uh, collectibles, they have a web series, a web show called Strike a Pose. Um, that really, that was so much fun just being under the gun and, and posing the one six scale. It's just like, Oh my, like that really sort of, um, lit a fire under my ass. In terms write of that like, down. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's so much fun. Strike it's a pose. Never yeah, strike that, a pose. Oh, come on. It's, it's, I, of course you have Andy. <laughs> Terry Smith is a host of that show. He is, uh, he's got his own YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, he is their resident poser. And so, but, and this is what he does, Like He's, he's the judge on the show and uh, it's so much fun. Um, check it out. Like my, the, the latest episode that I was on, I was with uh, Rahul uh, Kohli and Garrett Waring. Um, and we were the Christmas special. We actually oh, posed cool. quarter scale Spider-Man Whoa. homecoming figures. And now Whoa. like, oh, quarter scale shit. Don't tell your wife. Shit. And that made me go out. And I, so after that, cause they give you the, the figure afterwards, right? No. And so, yeah. So I got this quarter scale Spider-Man, which is spectacular. Oh um, my gosh. Right? Which, and, which, which spoiler alert, which, which Spider-Man it's a whole, it's from the second movie. It's from homecoming. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, no, sorry. From the first movie. First movie, because it's with the uh, it's with the, the vulture's wing is on gotcha. the base, which is oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's great. Look it up. Check it out. Uh, it is a slippery slope. Now it's quarter scale. I, I got to stop, though, because I don't have room. Uh, but I did. Yeah, go you kept saying that and you just brought uh-huh. home a quarter scale. So come uh-huh. on, man. And then I ordered it's the vulture's wing. I ordered <laughs> I, I ordered the quarter scale like Mandalorian and child. So. And I did it unboxing in my basement. I didn't have room for it. Like I had to set my camera, one of my cameras way off in the corner and put a table down. Paul, don't tell your wife you're starting a new family, bro. You're starting a new family here. I don't get it. Are you talking to him yet? Are you talking to him? Avatar money, baby. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you need a place on the West Coast to stash some stuff. Yeah, no, we're guys south. Okay. We'll meet you you at the border. You just huck them through customs. Well, this is so funny because this is now Paul's house of like, it's not my geeky base. Me, it's like my geeky like rental apartment in West Van because like I got <laughs> that housekeeper you had to leave for. Is she terrified? <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Oh, they're aggressive here. It's so funny. It's like they came, they came last week, and I just, I just settled in, and and they kept banging. I was like, what the fuck? Open the door. I said, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. She's like, oh no, you have no, clear guest good. services. <laughs> well, that's what they said. There was like there were two of them, two angry little Asian women, and then they were like. You have to clear it with guest services. I was like, okay, I'll do it. That's okay. And I closed the door. 
And, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I just came in. I haven't made a mess. I'm good. I don't need this disruption. So oh, well, they, let you them know, do their job, Paul. Yeah, we yeah. have to do. And it's like, OK, well, this week, can we do it this week instead? Right. Because it's been more than a week now. Um, but, yeah, and they're like, I'm in the middle of a street. So nobody's been in here for for uh, nobody from outside has been in here. So like this desk is like I got lights, I got my cameras, wires, hot toys, collectibles. I've got, you know, in the other room where you're supposed to have like, I don't know, storage for regular real life things uh, like a pantry. I've got nothing but toys in there. That's perfect. So they're going to open it up and go, what the fuck is this guy doing? Paul, we're coming up. (laughs) up. Not for an intervention, but for an encouragement. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Gifts. We'll bring yeah, gifts for uh, sure. We can fill your pantry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I got something I want to send to you guys too. I got uh, this. I got these. So oh, I got. Oh, please! I got yes. some blanks. So I'm gonna. I'll personalize oh. these and sign these and make sure I get them to you. So I'm gonna need oh, a mailing love address it. for you, gentlemen. Thank you so oh much. my we'll gosh! Well, that's we'll funny because we got something for you too. We got perfect. something for you this too, Paul. I love yeah. it. Look at that. What does it say on the back? Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Really? Congratulations. Yeah. Is this is this part of the Tops Gal that's not Tops Galaxy. It that, is. That's uh no. it's 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 this uh, is, it's this is it's from the Mando their, set. Yeah, the Mandalorian set, the Tops Mandalorian season two set. Uh I had uh an agreement with them to sign a number of them and I was able to work into it like I wanted some blanks for my own personal use. Oh, thank you and so, so much. These are perfect. Should I grab difference. the book? Should I grab the book? <laughs> we have a book full of those and we collected oh, a good amount of oh wow how many of those uh not yours though we don't have yours uh, <laughs> we don't perfect. have yours we don't no, have we your got, sign i think we got about no we got eight Katie, or nine did we, did we get Katie? Yeah, no, no we got no 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 uh, we ashley, got uh, ashley 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 yeah 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 we got her that signature was, Nice, but not not because she gave it to us though yeah oh, we you bought it we, you legit had collected it yeah 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 we had to collect it we, we had we get to we, you're gonna make a Dave's my friend shirt. We're gonna make a Paul's my friend shirt. So that's how <laughs> we're right. One hundred percent. All good stuff rolls downhill is what the saying is, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> all right, Paul. We got something for you too, man. We're gonna give you flat bill, Paul. Yeah, uh, Hall of Chronicles hat, baby. Lovely uh, to rock. So you can you can thank join you. And, uh, and 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 I I uh, I do want one of those represent hats too. So I'll probably hit your website. What's your right website on. where people can buy some uh, of those cool merch? BitterAsianDude.com backslash merch. Nice. I'll there update my little banner there. I should have done that earlier, but I was enthralled. Um, all right, Andy, take us into the final step, and we're gonna let uh, Paul go. This generous man who's uh, uh, who's hanging out with us all night, which is awesome. Well, Paul, thank you from us, of course, and from those watching and listening on the Rewind. Uh, Best of luck to you in the Netflix series, Airbender series. Can't wait. Uh, I'm just listening to you talk about it tonight has gotten me excited about something that's not really a lot on my radar. But, uh, you know, I'll definitely definitely going to check that out. Liv was jacked about that. And just to see her excitement about it. Kind of gets me excited well, about it. And I'm going to say it again as a dad, you know, who's, you know, sometimes your kids tell you about their stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you, got, you got 20 other things you're thinking of. And they're like, are you seriously going to walk me through a 30 minute episode and take 29 minutes to do it? So, I, I mean, I really appreciate it because that for me, I mean, she's was through the moon. She left her all cool and then she spread it upstairs. I'm sure she's watching oh. herself on rewind. So she loved it. <laughs> but I love it as a dad because, you know, and as a dad for a, a lot of kids out there that are, 
are watching. I mean, Avatar is huge yeah. with the kids. And especially, I liked how you said you were going to pull in young kids. That's what, it already happened with some, with the animation is pulled in kids that weren't, they weren't, my daughter's too young to have watched it originally, right? And cared about it, right? So right. it's bringing it back. And now you're bringing it back again and adding what it really needed to to make it, you know, true to the fandom, as at least in their view. And I appreciate that. So thank you so much for taking the time. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Well, we, uh, we, we have a saying, Paul, that uh, is, it rings true to the heart of collectors, no matter what the franchise, you know, uh, and you being a mostly out of box collector, you know, uh, I think, I think you'll appreciate this too. We always sign off with a go play with your toys. Oh yeah. Say it, Paul. Say it, Paul. Go play with your toys. 